I'm back on a hot spot today, so we'll see how this goes. Oh, no. Not again. I'm sorry. Still suffering from that ISP? I guess so. I've I've been away for most of the last week, so I really haven't had a chance to see if my internet's gotten any better, but apparently it really hasn't. Hmm. Too many smart devices, perhaps. I mean, that's partially what I'm starting to to wonder is uh, if it, if it's not something internal to my own network, whether it's a bunch of devices or I'm I'm sitting here, my Synology's on the other side of the wall from my little recording area, and I hear it running, and I'm wondering if it's somehow you know, like completely saturated the network with, with some upload that it's like stuck in. I was thinking about unplugging it. Um, part of the stuff that I do for work is, is like, um, I, I do like payment processing software. So like programming card readers. And I currently have mm-hmm. like a card reader, like plugged into my network. And I'm wondering if maybe it's doing something weird. <laughs> So I, mm. I don't I don't know. There could be a lot of things that I need to experiment with now, or I need to call and yell at my ISP until they fix it. <laughs> I mean, you should be able to tell just by looking at the logs on your modem, right? Uh, potentially, I'll have to have to look into it. You've been too busy. I've been away. I was hope I was hoping with you know. I got a whole notification from them saying they were going to do maintenance on like their whatever service near my neighborhood and power and my service can go out temporarily. And I assumed that whatever they were doing was going to address the issue, but it, it did not. That is unfortunate. So, but I've got the, the added bonus today of I'm, I'm running on a hotspot that's, that's being hosted by, a device running beta one software. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had the opposite news. I thought you were going to say, I oh, had this fancy hotspot from work with like three different ISPs connected to it, but no, <laughs> the complete mm. opposite. You've actually downgraded your hotspot. <laughs> I mean, I might have to go, go that route. I've had coworkers in the past who had unreliable home internet. And so they had like, multiple hotspots that they would they could fall back to when their home internet would go out. That's a good setup. It's expensive setup, but yeah, sure. Well, how was Florida? Uh, it went really well. I shared lots of pictures um that that I'm sure you've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looked really fun. I was overprepared. Um, as far as like needing a, a bunch of like fans around your neck and, and cooling towels and, and big floppy hats. I'll say that I didn't use any of that stuff, but Elizabeth did. So I, I guess it was nice, nice to have, but I don't think it was strictly necessary. Uh, ended up actually being, uh, fairly comfortable the whole time, uh, we were there. It was it was probably like 
70 degrees in the morning. So like 21, 22 C in the morning. And then it only got up to, uh, 80, like 85 ish. So about 30 C at, at its hottest during the day. Uh, so warm, but, but never unbearably hot. Um, I, I did get the Apple watch set up and working. I had to call Verizon and, and they had to like not flip a switch on their end, but they actually like went through the whole setup process on their end and got it registered. Uh, and, and it worked with its own phone number, but, uh, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, I never had to use it. So (laughs) it, it it was (laughs) nice to have, I guess as for peace of mind, but it, uh, I never got to test it out really while we were out there. Um, did Elizabeth use it for anything? Uh, no, no, she, she wore it the whole week. Um, but she kept it tucked under her shirt. Um, and you know, I mean, like we did some test runs with it before we left to make sure that she knew how to use it and we could make phone calls with it and all that. But, uh, you know, we never got separated in any way or had any reason to actually use the phone functionality. When we were down there. Um, what else? Oh, the battery I brought. It was a good thing that I brought some kind of external battery uh, because I think I might have been able to just squeak by uh, if I had been more careful with my battery usage. Uh, but between taking photos and videos all day and then I think the, the big thing that probably hurt it is every time I take a photo, I'd immediately like push it up to a, a shared album and constantly uploading photos and videos i'm sure drain the battery a bit um but then also everything you do in disney you've got to do with an app so you've got a you know like your park map is is in the app you've got a like pay to reserve rides and then you've got check-in times on those rides and so i was constantly in this this app that was using location to like mark me on a map and I'm sure that was a big drain on battery. So I was like in the last few hours of the day, always snapping on my, my MagSafe battery uh, just to make sure that my phone didn't die. And it was nice to have, but you were, you were right that I never needed to worry about charging watches. Those did just fine all day. Nice. Even the one on cellular. Yeah. So I probably could have gotten by with just Apple's MagSafe battery pack in fact, I definitely could have, but uh, the bigger one worked fine. The Anchor, what, 633, I think? That worked That worked good, too. I was keeping a close eye on your photos for the appearance of the fan, the neck fan. And oh, yeah? And eventually made an appearance, seemingly late in the week. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think maybe it was just, I don't know, the the photos that I that I uploaded, Elizabeth wore her fan every day. Oh really? So, okay. I mean, <laughs> maybe I, I just wasn't looking close. I I think there was a handful of photos where like she would take everything off if, if she'd like, uh, like a character photo she was posing with. She'd she'd take a lot of her stuff off for that. So maybe I just uploaded specific ones where she'd taken it off. Um, but yeah, she was she was wearing that every day. And the only thing that I had was, I had my. I don't even know what to call it. It's just, it was just a big hat. And I didn't even, I didn't even wearing my hat. Cause I was like, this is a dorky hat. I don't want to put it on, but it has like a, 
uh, like a you know like a tie string that goes around your your chin or whatever to hold it on if it's windy or something. But yeah. I just ended, ended up like wearing it around my neck, and it did a really good job like protecting the back of my neck from the sun while we were out. But I never mm. put it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So you had did you have a hat on the back then, and then a, a neck fan on the front? No, I didn't. I didn't wear my fan or or anything else. Elizabeth is going to look back on these photos in fifteen years and go, "Why the hell was I wearing a fan, Dad? Where was your fan? Why did you make <laughs> she, me do that?" She used hers every day. I, I don't. I don't think that she's going to feel that way. So, and maybe it's something she used just because she had it, and she would have been fine without it. But uh, she definitely left that thing running <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> is not what i expected either i expected some sort of like um some like a imagine like a a wire a twisty wire wrapped in a foam that pointed propellers at your face but Mm. was like in a wrapped around the back of your neck yeah there were some like that out there as well okay so it's not just a figment of my imagination then that entire product (laughs) okay good (laughs) yeah this one was a little less obtrusive than that though because it it could like fold flat to be pretty flush against you when you weren't using it but then you could tilt out the fan part to blow up towards you if if you had it on so it stowed away pretty nicely nice to hear that fan technology has come a long way (laughs) and the rest of disney I suppose it was all right. Uh, yeah, it it was fun. Um, we got it. I mean, it's it's expensive, <laughs> obviously. Um, but we got a chance to do to basically everything. Uh, there was there was one there was like a new Avatar ride that that we had reserved to go on, but it started like pouring rain, and Elizabeth and I both decided we didn't want to wait around for. I think we had like another hour until our reservation for that ride we decided we'd rather just go home instead of sitting around in the rain <laughs> um so i we thought i saw some one. rain in some of those photos yeah um so so we went back home we missed that one but but we did almost every other ride there's a new tron ride that was really good um mm, you did upload that that looked cool yeah even even the still looked cool uh, it's very unique. It's like a roller coaster, but you're like strapped into like a like a motorcycle to to be on it, which was was very interesting. Um, what else was new? I know we went on other new ones, but I don't remember what they were. We went on the Tower of Terror, which is a ride that I think I've I've been to Disney four four times in my life before this and never never went on because i was uh too much of a chicken i guess but elizabeth was very brave and and she brought me on it um so she was braver than i was at her age for sure Uh, is that one of those ones that just like lifts you up into the sky and then drops you yeah exactly it's it's Mm. like an elevator that just takes you up and then drops you straight down yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um so so we did that. She was disappointed there wasn't more. I think all the rides at Disney are fairly tame. Like they're they're all targeted towards uh, a younger demographic. 
Um, she was disappointed there wasn't more roller coasters that went upside down. I think there's only one roller coaster the whole time that you actually went upside down at all. And she wouldn't do more <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, there was lots of, lots of good shows we went and saw. Uh, lots of parades. You know, every night ended in fireworks if we wanted to stick around late enough to see them. So it's... Uh, and and lots of ice cream. I don't think there's a single day where we didn't stop at some point to get ice cream. Well, I think you had a pretty good excuse being where you are and what you were doing. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think there's some congratulations in order on on your end. You you are now yeah, a father yeah, my of birthday. three. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> father of three. Yep. Yeah. Uh, little Patrick was born on the twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. And you, he is doing well, and Yasmin is doing well. Good. And are you, are you guys getting any sleep at all? Are you still in the, like, the early newborn stages where they mostly just sleep? He's doing like uh, three-hour stretches, two-hour stretches of sleep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Yasmin's in that cycle of feed, sleep, feed, sleep, repeat. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I have the pleasure of looking after the other two children who do tend to sleep for longer than longer stretches than three hours. So I'm doing quite all right. Yeah. (laughs) So, and and you finally made, made the name public. I think, I don't think we've said it officially on the show yet. Right. I had, yeah, we hadn't said it in a published episode or in a published section of the episode. Yeah. So it's Patrick. Which is both my brother's name and my poppy's name, so my the father of my mum. Mm-hmm. So sticking with the theme of family names now, all three, all three boys. I'm I'm still in favor of Mako, but <laughs> Mako, <laughs> yeah, it's the next one, right? Oh, that's right. You went on Facebook to try and discover, and you came across uh-huh. my cousin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> actually the the midwife or nurse who walked us out of the hospital because you know how they you know that not not ceremony when you're leaving but at least someone walks you to the door with your new baby as you're leaving and as she's walking us she goes do you know a mako really (laughs) oh yeah yeah that's my cousin yeah i she did midwifery with his wife up in another hospital once upon a time Wow. So funny that it came up. Yeah, I suppose that you know your family name is, is pretty unique. Mm. So so I'd yes. imagine, you know, if, if there's any other Vandermosels in the area, it, it's probably a relation of yours. Yeah, so yeah, the wife of my cousin's a midwife. My uncle is a a baby deliverer. I can't remember what that sort of doctor's called. Um uh, OBGYN. And one so. of my si- Yeah, I guess. Okay. And my sister is a doctor as well, so and there are no other Vandermosels in the city. So right. you go to a hospital, you tend to get mm-hmm. picked out eventually. <laughs> and how are the uh the the older two taking to the baby? They were fairly obsessed for a couple of days, but they've pretty much lost interest now. Just continued <laughs> on, business as usual for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
baby's not too entertaining yet. You gotta wait till it's old enough to play with. Mm, exactly. Mm. They're wondering when he'll talk, when he'll walk, when he'll mm-hmm. do anything else. <laughs> it's a long way off, kids. I don't think you can even comprehend how long this is going to take. <laughs> well, good. Glad to hear everything's everything went well. Everyone's doing well on your end. Mm, thank you. I heard a little bit of uh, screaming in the background before, but hopefully the recording doesn't pick that up. Uh, well, I haven't heard anything, so I think you're fine. Good. And it's already quieted down, so. <laughs> if anything, We're screaming will reinforce why you need a break after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think the only thing that will cut this recording short is if one of the other two wakes up, which is unlikely, but entirely possible. Because mm, it's the start of the evening for you, right? So that's hopefully it should be asleep for the night at this point. Yeah, and they only went down an hour ago, so even if they were to wake up for something, it's going to be later on. Right. Okay. Knocking, knocking, knock on my computer. <laughs> so you you have had at least a little bit of a change to your sleep schedule, though, because you were you were at least awake at the very start of of the keynote yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I did set a reminder. And I'm not sure what woke me up. It's actually a bit of a blur. Did you message me or? I didn't message you. Remi- you messaged me and you said, I'm awake. <laughs> and then you went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, yeah, I woke up a couple of minutes past starting time, which was 1am. Which mm-hmm. was minutes after my reminder. So, I'm not sure why I woke up. But then, yeah, I was just listening along. You know, sometimes if it's one of these wee hours of the morning, I don't watch it. I just listen to it, which is probably what, probably a bit of a a trap for falling asleep. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, Paul woke up, maybe from the video, maybe from me waking up, maybe from uh, the reminder ding, I don't know. Um, So, I kind of had to settle him and then... I pretty much just fell asleep straight away. Or I did wake up a little bit later and they were talking about something. And I was like, oh, I've got no idea what's going on right now. So, I'm just going to stop it. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, end up waking up, what, like two hours later, I think I messaged you again. And then I just put it on and watched the whole thing then. So, mm-hmm. I didn't catch it live, but not too long after. But But you were dreaming about it, apparently. I dreamt that you messaged me. I dreamt uh-huh. that I woke up, looked at my phone, was, this is very vivid, saw a message from you. I thought, I better not read it because it might be a spoiler. But mm-hmm. I read it anyway and it said something like, the headset was a non-event, like, don't worry about it, something like that. <laughs> and then I woke up, you know, later after my dream. Mm-hmm. And I remembered this quite vividly and I thought, oh, that's a shame. The headset turned out to be nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that's Sorry. that's you're in my dreams. funny that that you were dreaming about the keynote because i i i was as well the night before um mm-hmm. mine was almost a nightmare uh i i dreamt that i uh i missed the keynote and and Ooh. had to 
you know, catch, catch back up afterwards. Um, but the first thing I did was I, I went to, to Apple's website just to, to see what products were on their front page. And, um, I can't tell you through what means this happened, but I just was unable to read anything. It was like all in gibberish. And I was like, no, I can't, I can't tell what they announced. <laughs> you were looking at it through one of Meta's VR headsets. That was the problem. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's why you couldn't read it. Uh-huh. But this this was a uh the one thing I did text you when when you woke up and told me you were you were up for the keynote. Like you said it was a few minutes in already and at that point they had already announced their first computer of the event. And and so <laughs> my one message was we're 5 yeah. minutes in and they've already announced a computer. This is going to be a jam-packed event. And uh Yes, and it- certainly was it certainly was yeah i think this is the you know i tried to keep notes as the as the keynote was going and it's definitely my longest mm-hmm. note document of any wwdc oh yeah you think so uh, yeah, it, i guess it probably would be it feels like it and i think we're going to be in for a long episode already <laughs> mm, yep <laughs> uh and my oh my my next message after i fell asleep watching it now was to you was wow 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 which sums up my feelings about the whole thing and it was it was sent with the whatever send in multiple copies screen effect as well (laughs) (laughs) anyway Hmm. i suppose we should get on with it or i'm gonna be awake until midnight all right let's do it good morning good morning not sure if my voice broke just then <laughs> or, or if it just went really high. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Happy WWDC day. Actually, it's the next day for you, isn't it? But it is still in within the 24 hours for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's the next morning for me. But thank mm. you to you as well. Thank me for what? You said happy... WWDC, so I said thank you, and to you as well. Oh, okay. Yes, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the effect of waking up unsuccessfully at one o'clock <laughs> is uh, having repercussions. <laughs> and now we're going to keep we'll you up all night goes. recording this episode. <laughs> uh, all right. Was there anything before the 15-inch MacBook Air that you wanted to mention? Um... I mean, the 15-inch MacBook Air happened like less than five minutes into the keynote. I don't know what happened before then. Tim Cook came on stage, little... said we got a big event. Yeah, I can't even remember if he said good morning or not. I'm sure he did. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Does he still say good morning in the pre-recorded videos or is that more of a live event thing? Hmm... We'll have to fact that, check that afterwards. <laughs> Listen for a follow-up on that in a year. <laughs> I'll just insert him saying good morning right now, if you did say it. Good morning! All right. You're going to make make uh, more work for yourself. This episode's never going to come out. I always say I'm going to chop and change things in the <laughs> in the recording, and then I just leave them as they are, uh-huh. because... It, at the time that I'm editing, I think it's funnier to do that, but it probably isn't. 
It's more like when we say good way. morning at the end of the show. I just leave it there. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, I feel like it'd be hard to. Well, I don't know. I guess you could force it in a natural way. If we wanted to make good morning a real official start of the show thing, we should have made like an intro at some point and used that. Mm. Like a standard intro. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Next time. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't actually said that this is going to be our last recording for quite a while. But I'm sure people will know that already. But yeah, 130. Mm. Taking a break. We'll uh, we'll sit on 130 for the foreseeable future. At least it's a nice round number. Would have hated to finish on 129. Doesn't didn't sit right at all. <laughs> I would have hated to have finished like the week before WWDC and not get to talk about all this. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, especially <laughs> after what came out. Uh-huh. Anyway, fifteen-inch MacBook Pro. Oh, sorry, fifteen-inch MacBook Air. Uh, it seems like a really compelling computer. It, it's exactly what you'd expect as far as like specs wise it's it's just the existing macbook air with a bigger screen and a a a bigger battery as well up to an 18 hour battery life now and uh but still same m2 chip with you know 24 gigs of ram up to two terabytes of ssd uh i think the most exciting thing about this computer is just its starting price of of 12.99 it uh it's not too much of a premium to get the bigger screen which is really nice it's living up to the to the um like the price that you would expect a MacBook Air to be. It's yeah, it's not a premium or still a premium price, but not really when you're shopping for good laptops. Um the other thing I liked is that they did improve on the speakers because that was definitely a weak point of the current MacBook Airs. When you put them side by side uh with the MacBook Pros, they sound like rubbish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now the 15-inch one has the six speakers and force-canceling woofers. So, I wonder if it's going to sound as good as a MacBook Pro or, I mean, anything better. It's definitely going to sound better than the, the 13-inch MacBook Air, which is a big win. Yeah. And that, that 13-inch Air also got uh, a small price cut. It dropped $100 to, to 10.99 now. So... Um, and that's for the M2 Air. The M1 Air still starts at $1,000. But you've got a few $100 increments in the, in the airline now to, to pick whatever suits your needs. You could almost say that a MacBook Air of today is like a MacBook Pro of only a couple of years ago. All you need to do is put in like a, um, a micro LED display and you've basically got a macbook pro it's a very impressive computer yeah i think you know now more than ever the air is really the uh the every 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 man computer i guess there's there's very few reasons i think that most people would need to upgrade to the pro i know that uh Besides my desire just to always have the best thing, my actual computing needs, I've I've got no need to have a MacBook Pro, and I could see myself uh, upgrading to an Air as my next computer. 
So my current laptop is is the M1 MacBook Pro with a Touch Bar, and uh, you know as as far as compared to that, the M2 Air is is better than that in in every way, including a much nicer like redesign. So um, if I, if I'm happy with my M1 Pro, which I am and will be for the foreseeable future, I could definitely see an Air being you know in my future. The only thing that's stopping me is the mini or the lack of mini LED display. Mm-hmm. I just have an insatiable want for mini LED in my next laptop. It, I just, it is yeah. really nice looking. Yeah. If if I didn't use my laptop, you know, 99% of the time plugged into an external monitor, it, it might have more uh, sway on me, but the amount of use I would get out of that screen is, is so little that it would, I would be hard pressed to spend another thousand dollars to upgrade to that nicer screen. Mm. I tend to use my laptop as like my movie and TV watching computer as well. Mm-hmm. And it's annoying so, that I have to frequently switch to my phone cause it's a better display. I'm not too fussy about the size of it, but the phone at the moment for me is, brighter hdr uh, hdr Mm -hmm. and oled so it just looks a lot better uh, than the computer than the lcd in my current computer sitting here wondering right now is my battery going to last the length of this podcast (laughs) we'll see (laughs) i may be running for a charger by the end Mm -hmm. if only i had a computer that was always plugged into power like the mac studio now updated to M2 Max and M2 Ultra, uh, uh, up to I, 192 gig of RAM. I I was happy to see this because there was rumors leading up to the keynote that the studio was going to be, you know, not updated this year. Um, so it was it was nice to see they they did put in the effort at least to just just put the new chips in basically. Um, there really wasn't much else said. They kind of sped through their hardware entirely. Um, so I'm, I'm curious uh, if there was any other changes that we'll find out along the way. Like I know the, the, the Mac Studio has a, has a giant cooling solution inside of it. Like the majority of its internal volume is, is a cooling setup, but it's uh, some versions depending on on the manufacturer of the of the fan that you got inside has like can make a little bit of a whining noise from what i've heard and i'm hoping they addressed that but other than that they just kind of slapped the new chips in there and called it a day fine you know it didn't really need anything else too drastic but yeah, they did speed through it. And especially this next computer, I was shocked at how little time that they spent on the Mac Pro. Like this massive announcement people have been waiting years for. It's, <laughs> you know, the Mac man's, the Mac enthusiast's computer. Uh, yeah. Finally makes the transition, the, the last Intel Mac to make the transition to Apple Silicon. And then it kind of flies by and it's not really much of a Mac Pro either. Which could have Any been one other. of the reasons that they paid it so little attention. Yes, yeah, con- convenient that they could throw it in this keynote and, and gloss over <laughs> the whole computer. Um, 
But yeah, any other keynote, this would have been a 30-minute segment on its own, probably. Yeah, get someone from like Adobe to come in and do some demonstrations on it or have mm-hmm. some games run it or something like that. Nope, here it is. It's the M2 Ultra chucked in the Intel Mac Pro case mm-hmm. and you can do some, put some expansion cards in there as long as they're not um, graphics or or RAM, I suppose, not as a card, but in a slot. Right, yeah. So it's it's got six uh, PCIe expansion ports, um, and they explicitly said it's for audio and video I.O., networking, and storage. Uh, so they didn't specific, explicitly say no GPUs, but I think it's implied. Uh, be interesting. Uh, they to see. said video input cards. I thought were the exact exact words. Okay, so so then they did explicitly say no GPUs to that extent, unless uh, I mean, there's still an argument that you could like slot in a, a GPU for like not video output, but just processing power um mm. theoretically I don't, I don't know what it supports yeah <laughs> um yeah i would have loved to have like uh a whole segment on you know this is how we achieved expansion ports with with the the m series chip and this is how it interfaces and this is what it's capable of but <laughs> they just blew past it entirely um uh, yeah, I was the thing I was most surprised about, honestly, was the fact that there's no way to expand the RAM. Like it's it's so still it just, caps out. Yeah, at 192 gig, just like the Mac Studio. Right. Yeah, it's the same unified, you know, in in package memory. Uh, there's no like second secondary tier of of slightly slower RAM that's like off chip that you could expand. Uh, which was kind of how I was assuming they would solve for that problem. Uh, so, so you get what you get. The SSDs are you know, expandable. You, you can you can buy and upgrade those apparently, um, and you can you can use you know PCIe storage as well. Uh, so there's lots of opportunity for more storage in this computer, and like very niche. Uh, you know, networking cards or whatever that you might need. Um, but really, except for people who need that very niche hardware and, you know, for some reason can't be satisfied by like a Thunderbolt, uh, you know, PCIe enclosure, that that's basically the only person that would ever want a Mac Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was already in a niche. Mm-hmm. And now you've shaved that niche probably in half right yeah because the the previous mac pro was like people who needed specific expansion cards or people who needed you know a terabyte of ram for their workloads and now they've they've cut out that second high performance group and it's just people that need that those niche cards Uh, and then take out the people who wanted you know six graphics cards as well sure i bet that was a large chunk of that niche yeah, they can they can uh 
use some some fuzzy wording like they did to say like single core performance you know is outperforms the intel mac pro but there's there's no way around it that the m2 ultra is not going to outperform a fully specced out you know 2019 mac pro Mm. Uh, especially especially at the price starts at seven thousand dollars that's a huge uh price increase for the similarly specced like m m2 ultra mac studio and you're just paying for those those pcie lanes so there's very few people that are going to pay that extra money for that yeah thousands and thousands for a case still have to buy the wheels i believe extra um yeah and some slots you'd almost want to just get the studio and do your expansion cards via thunderbolt it'd be cheaper for sure Mm. and especially if if the Mac Pro doesn't really doesn't support GPUs in any capacity. You know, the, the slightly limited bandwidth uh, going through Thunderbolt is not going to hurt. You know, an, an audio or networking card uh, in any significant way. I would say. Maybe the next Mac Pro be better, or maybe this is the last Mac Pro. Maybe they just wanted another computer to put inside that case that they'd spent so long making. Maybe they just had a ton of those cases still sitting around that they had to use. I mean, yeah, I was a little surprised they went with the same case just because Apple Silicon could theoretically be in a smaller case, but it is such a new design still. It would be almost a waste to only use it for a few years. Oh, absolutely. But I'm sure the 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 thermals and the cooling solution they they engineered for that case is way overkill for any apple silicon chip (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine you've got no xeons anymore and you've got Mm. no graphics cards and you've got the same cooling system (laughs) like what are you doing (laughs) i don't think network cards get that hot (laughs) no (laughs) i don't think so it was interesting, like, this This Mac Pro's got, it's got eight Thunderbolt ports, six in the back and two on the front. Um, it also has uh, a couple HDMI and USB-A ports, but those are on uh, an expansion card in, in one of the slots. So, theoretically, those ports could be updated in the future, or you could, could add more with, I assume you can just buy the I.O. card separately from Apple. Hmm, okay. So how is that I.O. card connected? Is it a PCI Express card? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's in the top slot. Hmm, so you do get your video via a, an expansion card in the end anyway? If you're using HDMI and not Thunderbolt displays. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Moving on to more exciting things. Software, mm-hmm. um, iOS 17, of course. 17 comes after 16. Uh, first up being the phone. iOS 17 gets personalized contact photos or posters. Yeah, so... Um, so back in the day, you assigned your contacts photos and they could appear full screen on your phone. Mm-hmm. 
and it was kind of hit and miss. Is it even still a thing? Uh, I think that still still happens. Where you know, if someone calls you, their their contact photo fills the screen, but I rarely look at my phone when I'm getting a phone call to answer now. So yeah, I, I can't get yeah. it off the top of my head. And I'm sure there was like maybe it was iOS seven did away with it for a bit and. Then certain syncing services, if you got your contacts like not via iCloud, then it wouldn't work. And mm. anyway, it's always been a bit of a hit and miss system. So, but I have always liked it when it did work. And now they've got a system to make it work. But instead of you assigning contact photos to people, the people assign the contact photos to themselves. So I imagine it's going to work, you know, how at the top of messages now, like you can give yourself a name and a an avatar basically. And then when you do that, at the top of everyone else's messages, there's a little update this contact button or update. Mm-hmm. I imagine this is going to hook into that system. So you can now assign yourself like a, a full screen poster and then that'll push out the prompt to everyone who's messaging you and when they grab that next time you call them it's going to show that poster full screen on their phone for what it's worth i've never been a fan of the um like people assigning their own contact photos feature uh for the most part i usually ignore them when i get that request to update someone's contact photo um, because some people I don't think do a good job with assigning their photo <laughs> and, and they either make it a Memoji, which I don't want your Memoji. I want the picture I have of you. Um, or they, they make it like a group photo or a photo with their kids, which is, is nice and, and maybe more personal in that way. But I'm very picky about my contact photos. I want it to be just the face of the the one person who this contact is. So it's very explicit. And, you know, except in like maybe rare situations, I tend to never update my contact photos. So it's like I I very, I can immediately tell who this message is from or who this phone calls from because it's the same contact photo I've seen for this person for the last 10 years. This is who this is. So when you start changing it, then I have to like, it, it takes another second for me to process, you know, who's calling me or who's sending me a message. Um, especially for some people update their contact photo <laughs> a lot. Like every, every couple months I get a new one being prompted to overwrite my existing one. Um, I don't think every couple of months is a lot though. And people should be able to choose how they want to be represented on your phone. That's how it works in every other service. You know, Messenger, WhatsApp, Telegram, whatever. You set your own contact photo. People don't pick it for you. I, I know it would be annoying if, if it changes and you have to refine that person, but uh, it's, it's hardly a brain drain. I suppose. And I guess when you think about iMessage through the lens of those other, like, the internet communication platforms, it makes sense. But I still think about it you know, as, as like an SMS messaging is like, 
this isn't you creating a profile for yourself and I'm messaging a profile. This is all on my end where I'm managing contacts and yeah, this is this is your con- a contact card on your phone. Yeah, this is this is my list of contacts. This is this is my Rolodex. You know, you can't come in and edit your stuff in my <laughs> Rolodex because you don't like what I wrote in there. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I, I suppose it makes sense. I really just don't like Memoji. <laughs> Please use a picture of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a lot of emoji? Wait, let me look at my uh, top list. I've got. Two photo, three photos, and three emojis or emojis. So it's uh, a fairly even representation. I have almost none uh, because, like I said, I don't. I usually don't accept contact photos. Like Elizabeth uses a emoji for hers, so hers is a emoji. I have to um, add as well that I'm fairly sure I didn't set this photo as your contact photo, so you must have picked it for yourself. I mean, you've got to configure it and set it up. That's you know, it's not an option. Do I don't you? think to ignore it. You have it. to. But oh, okay, I'm sure you can choose <laughs> not to set a photo for yourself. I guess, but, but if you do that, then double, it just double puts, standards. It, it puts your initials in the bubble and it prompts everyone to have your contact photo be your initials, which is even worse. Does it really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Had to do something. Yeah. So I put something in there. I don't even know what my photo is, honestly. You're wearing a red vest and a red tie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's that's my standard profile picture right now that I use everywhere. So I guess that's correct. Okay. Okay. Um. I will say, out of all my um, photos. Hmm. <laughs> I've got exactly two contacts that use black and white photos, and you're one of them. <laughs> and Do I have a black and white photo? Yeah. Your contact photo is black and white. Where do I even see this? Is it in settings and messages? If you're on your oh, yeah. uh, like list of messages, you can just press the three-dot menu at the top and see it. I'm on iOS 17, right. though, so who knows? where you can find it. Oh, no, there's no three dot at the top. When I go to settings, messages, share name and photo, it says it's switched off. That's oh, weird. Interesting. Choose name and photo. And it's a memoji. Choose your photo to share. It's a memoji. Weird. I've definitely got the prompt to update this because this is not the picture I would have chosen for you. I'm not a black and white photo person. <laughs> I'm just going to set it to my initials. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, I'm just going to set it right now since we have all the time in the world to mess around with our mm-hmm. contact photos this recording. Is it the one where I'm looking to the side kind of smiling and my head's kind of shaved? Yes. Okay, yeah, I do tend to use that one a bit. All right. I'm resetting it as that. Funnily, the only other person in my contact list that uses a black and white uh, contact photo is uh, Christian Seelig. So you guys are like grouped together in a recent chat at the top of my messages. (laughs) So he does. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice message you sent him, by the way. 
I was driving when the messages first came through and I just kind of glanced at my phone and mm-hmm. I just saw something like, what do you write? Like took the initiative and I thought, oh no, he's invited Christian on the show again. That means we're going to have to do another recording because we can't have Christian on our last show. <laughs> but then when I got out of the car, I actually read it for real and uh, you done the opposite. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's worth mentioning for anyone who's tuning in expecting to hear Christian's voice again this year like uh like normal uh with with the the timing of everything we just decided to make our last episode more personal <laughs> or i decided and i <laughs> guess you agreed with my decision so <laughs> i certainly did yeah good call okay <laughs> um the, the iphone gets live voicemail as well so when someone leaves you a voicemail the transcript will appear as text on the lock screen as they're leaving it. Mm-hmm. I do have some questions about this feature. Because, that- so, transcripts in voicemail has, is a thing. Right. But your carrier has to support it. Is this an extension of that feature? Because if it is, that's going to blow because my carrier still doesn't support transcripts in voicemail. That was my first thought as well. Not that specifically, but just like the logistics of how Apple's making that work. And I wish I I didn't make a note of this, but I feel like they explicitly said this stays on device, which makes me think they're like circumventing the carrier entirely. And there's some kind of like on device voicemail. Or, but that can't be the only way voicemails are handled because if your phone is off, you know, it won't be able to to save that voicemail for you. So it'd have to fall back to the carrier to to save that. Um, so I'd be curious how the logistics of that work. Um, I mean, it's not the carrier that's doing the transcription, even in the current state on iOS 16. So it's weird that they have to like flick a switch to even enable it. But perhaps that's even a reason for Apple to take it on uh, more comprehensively because some carriers just haven't done it yet, such as mine. Right. So your, your carrier doesn't support transcriptions. Do you have visual voicemail at all? I do have visual voicemail, yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I don't know what the limitation would be then, like what your carrier has to do, like you said, for that to be supported. Mm. But I feel like with the transcriptions being live and the ability to pick up in the middle of the voicemail being left, um, that leans more in my mind towards it all being done on device because I feel like there'd have to be a significant amount of work on the carrier's end for them to be able to support support that Um so, yeah, I think this is all on device. Yeah, I forgot about that feature as well. So, as the text is appearing live, mm-hmm. you can choose to pick up the call just like you it's could like, in the olden days. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. like an actual <laughs> like tape <laughs> recording the phone call mm-hmm. and playing it out loud. Yeah. So. It's, it's uh, not as good as like 
Google has a call screening feature, which is similar to this, but they've got like a little AI that actually answers the the phone for you and talks to the person and you can see a transcript of the conversation and decide to answer at that point. Uh, it's not quite that, um, but it's it's certainly better than nothing. Uh, more improvements to the phone. Uh, you can leave uh, like FaceTime voicemails now. So, you know, often you call someone on FaceTime and they don't pick up because people mm-hmm. hate video calls often. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you can uh, harass them a little more by leaving them, leaving them a video message. So, well, it's basically just a video recording Um I assume it appears as just a video in line in messages and not in the FaceTime or phone app. Um, but could you say either way? Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the interface itself for it. Uh, I guess I can open the FaceTime app and tell you if there's like a voicemail section though. FaceTime. No, the FaceTime app itself looks exactly the same. So as far as I can tell, there's not a specific place that voicemails can be left, but update to iOS 17 and we'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think that makes sense. I think that's a a good feature. It's something that I've wanted uh, in the past was was some way to to leave a quick message because a lot of the times, at least my use case for FaceTime is is, uh, in the context of like Elizabeth is calling grandparents or something and she wants to show them something. So if they don't answer, it'd be nice if she could just leave a message and show them whatever it was she wanted to show them and then be done with it. Uh, versus having to, I guess, change, switch context and open up my camera to record a video of her to send it then. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's essentially that, but with a smoother workflow, hopefully. Right. Uh, onto the Messages app, which had a whole host of improvements, uh, starting with search filters. So, just as you can in like the Photos app, where you can type like a location and a subject and a date, and they're three different filters. Um, that'll be available mm-hmm. in Messages now too, which is it's always just a surprise that it's not there already, but. Searching in messages has always been like years behind searching in everything else. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm not not that surprised. I mean, I don't know that I ever search for something in messages, but. Really? Yeah. Is that something you do a lot? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Huh. It always like, turns up like this random nugget of gold that I could not have found any other way. Like this one person mentioned this one weird thing seven years ago and you just <laughs> put a keyword in and <laughs> you can jump right back to the chat. Mm-hmm. That's an actual example. <laughs> I said, I've got 10 years of text messages now in my iMessage app. So mm-hmm. I suppose that I, don't, I, don't, I can't think of a single context. There's like something that I'd want to find, 
that's not like an immediate message that I've received from someone recently enough that I can just go into that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> People don't send me important stuff through text messages. Usually that I need to look up. <laughs> the, oh, I, I just remembered the exact example I can think of where it came in handy. Okay. I was talking to, this isn't actually an interesting story at all, but I was just talking to a long-term uh, a long-term friend, is that that's an expression, a long-term friend? A friend mm-hmm. Someone I've known for a long time. And we we're just talking about, you know, at one point our friendship like dwindled and then there was this one message that kind of kicked off our friendship again. And I just <laughs> typed in like, you know, Jeff Beach or something like that because I remembered it was like, do you want to go to the beach? That was the message. And it was like nine years ago, found the message, like, do you want to go to the beach? <laughs> so. And that was a it. example I've got. That was it. Now we're friends again. You know how long I've been waiting for you to ask me that? <laughs> uh, huh. July 2010. That's the last message in my message history. I know you've said in the past that, like, your message history goes back long enough that you have, like, the first messages you ever sent to Yasmin or something. And that's pretty cool to have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that sort of stuff. So, I uh, was was continuing to to unpack a little bit here recently and and pulled out my box of like my old cell phones and and charged them up and was able to see like text messages I had sent like 15 plus years ago uh, and uh it's very very nostalgic to see and uh sometimes a little cringy but <laughs> um fourth from the bottom i just found this funny memory i sent this mm. message lol almost got the new car impounded already for spinning the wheels across albany highway Cop said if he wasn't busy, he would have taken the car under Hoon Laws. <laughs> 2010. I remember that. I just bought this again. car. It was a bit of a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. And I pulled out onto the highway and I thought the clutch was slipping. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I had to get up to speed. So, I just kind of let it go. Turned out it was the back wheels that was slipping because there was no tread on the tires. And there was the police <laughs> right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so I just did this burnout across three lanes of highway right in front of a cop. <laughs> I still had the green slip on the passenger seat from purchasing the car. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man. Anyway. My, uh, I wish my conversations went back that far. I don't know what happened. I guess I'm pretty close. Like, mine go back to... Well, I guess that's not exactly right. Like the oldest conversation at the bottom of my message list isn't isn't necessarily my first message because if there's someone that I've been talking to, you know, for a longer period of time, yeah. their messages might be at the top. Exactly. Oh, that's hard nope. to figure out then. The oldest one that I haven't responded to is from September 2014. So it doesn't go quite back to 2010. Is it David, do you want to be friends? Something like that? No, it's my roommate sending me a bill. 
<laughs> for the the heating or something. Fair to ignore then. <laughs> well, if you ever wanted to catch up on unread messages, now there's a button in the messages app. That segue didn't really work. Mm. Uh, but in a busy group chat, you'll often find that you open the group chat and you're or you're at the latest message, but there are pages worth of messages mm-hmm. uh, that you haven't actually read yet. Uh, so handily, there's now a jump to last unread message button, mm-hmm. uh, which is handy for people who use iMessage for group chat, which is still pretty rocky in my experience. Uh, but but people seem to to manage with it somehow. If if you've got a a group that's all iMessage users, then yeah, sure. Um, Look, everyone in my family is on iMessage. It's rubbish. We cannot have a reliable group chat over more than a couple of messages. People mm-hmm. start getting left out. People will be sending messages that suddenly go as green bubbles. People will I send messages you. and no one will receive it. I think it's you. There's something up with your phone, Every, James. Everyone. It must because, be. Because when it's, I try to message you, like if if I want to send you a photo or anything else, and I go to send it to you from the share sheet, it always sends as a text message instead of an iMessage. If I want to send something to you as an iMessage, I have to go into your contact, like into our message conversation, and then choose to send a photo what? or something in there. It will not let me do it it's from probably the share how sheet. You, it's probably how you got my number saved or something like that. Uh, You know, I did maybe wonder if that was what it was, and I went into your contact literally yesterday when I when I went to share the latest note for WWDC, it did the same thing. Um, I went into your contact yesterday and changed your phone number from being just a phone number to an iPhone number. So hopefully that fixes it, but I don't know. And it must already be an international format. Right. But yeah, I did get a weird text message from David. What did that cost? Probably a couple of dollars to send an international text message. <laughs> iCloud.com link. Pin to show in notes. I don't even know what that means. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know why that is. But. Anyway, no time for troubleshooting. We've got like a million other things to talk about. All right. <laughs> uh, audio messages. Uh, now oh, audio have messages. transcriptions. God, don't get me started on audio messages and <laughs> iMessage. What rubbish. I don't know why you do that. Oh, well, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I don't know why you do that. But people love sending audio messages more than text messages. Right. Some people, some cultures, some genders. Right. But, I mean, to start with, it's always been this stupid buggy experience where they like, you get this like expire message pop up and then jump around the chat and do random shit. And then they got rid of it for the Siri button in iOS 16 and moved it into the app drawer. Mm-hmm. And now they haven't undone that, which I think is a mistake. But I guess at least they've added transcriptions. But they've they've just hobbled the feature to an extent that anyone who wants to use voice messages, audio messages rather, is just going to use WhatsApp or Messenger instead because it's such a hassle in iMessage. Well, they've you know whatever the drawer is gone now in iOS seventeen. Um. And I'm not necessarily sure this new interface is better, but 
It is hidden under a plus button uh, now. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to sort by recently used, so maybe that'll make it easier to get to, but it's still hidden under a tap and a very ugly draw. So cool. icons that don't represent the current icons of any of these apps. Right. Exactly. It's, it's bizarre. I did not understand it at all. And so many apps that I download, even still today, like come with their own, like I have Fandango on my phone and Fandango has a sticker pack if you want Fandango stickers, which I don't. So most of my iMessage apps I've always left turned off. Um, but this, this new UI doesn't let you turn off apps. So they're always all showing up in this list and I can't have the couple that I might care about. Um, so now they're, now they're like the things that I maybe do care about are buried under a bunch of stuff that I don't care about. And yeah, it's all weird icons and it, it's a full screen experience instead of a little drawer. You press the button and it takes over your full when your full screen. It's bad. I just don't understand the iMessage team at all. Like everything that they do to the app is bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the message effects are bad the screen effects are bad the tap backs are bad the app drawer is bad hiding the the add photos button is bad group group messages are bad maybe just me yeah but somehow it's still good enough to use as like my main messaging app but I just <laughs> do not agree with any of the decisions they make but here's what i do agree with mm-hmm. you can now tap back any emoji instead of the ridiculous half dozen that are there at the moment hallelujah welcome uh, to 2020 yeah you can kind don't of give me tap that back right you no, can use an emoji no. as a as a sticker and that kind of counts as a tap back but you still have the same six default tap backs so you're saying if I like send a smiley, it's not going to be the first one on the list now that I've used it? Uh, not in that little tap back pop up. Oh. That's still the same reactions. <sighs> Devastating. I, I, I agree though. You should be able to use emoji. I use you know Slack for work and I, I love reacting to messages with emoji. <laughs> And Slack. Yeah, everyone does. And every other app lets you do it. Yeah. The tapbacks in messages aren't even good. Especially ha-ha. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, of the tapbacks, I don't even know what they all are. I only use thumbs up. Thumbs up, ha-ha. I guess sometimes use a heart. But like, question mark? I never use a question mark. No, it seems like one you would use, but I don't think I've ever used it. Exclamation points. I don't use that one. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good. You're right. Yeah. Um, inline location sharing. I could have sworn that was already there, but apparently it's being added. Mm-hmm. Uh, check in. That sounds really good because I frequently get asked to like... Let me know when you get there. That sort of thing. So just to automate mm-hmm. that whole thing, it's going to be nice. Yeah. Autom- yeah. I don't know that I've been asked that super recently, but 
it's usually twofold. I get, when I do I get asked that, I usually forget. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then do they ever follow up or were they just saying it? Uh, sometimes, but not all the time. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, to be able to automate that process is, is nice. Um, to send a message when you arrive at your destination or if for some reason you get held up, uh, it notifies them where you are and like even what your phone's battery is or if you have cell signal <laughs> to, to let them know if you're reachable. So uh, I can definitely see that being useful for like family and friends. Yeah, maybe when the kids are older as well, it'll be even more useful. Right, yeah. Um, Sticker Drop was Sherlocked. Yeah. More or less. Um, so Sticker Drop, which you introduced me to a little while back, where you can grab you know, a subject out of an image using Apple's like subject detection API. Uh, but Sticker mm-hmm. Drop let you turn it into a sticker and then um, access it via an iMessage app. Well, all that functionality and more is now built right into iMessage. It, it seemed like a very Apple kind of feature. It works so well with those those built-in APIs. Um, uh, I'm not I'm not surprised that they got Sherlocked, but I'm I'm excited to have that functionality native now. I've got to re- regenerate all my stickers now, though, which is going to take a while. <laughs> the cool thing but is now though, you can do them as live stickers. Yeah, exactly. I, I haven't I haven't actually set any up yet, but I'm excited to see how those animate and how those work. If it's going to be any good. I wonder if I created a a sticker now, if it would, if I could send it to you and it would actually uh, work on your end. Give it a shot. That would be cool. I'm just, okay. I'm just gonna go into the live photos and pick like one of the ones that suggests the first one you see. Yeah. All right. Um, these stickers are also accessible system wide. Mm-hmm. So in other apps, notes. Etc. I don't think it's working in our conversation. Like in my drawer, I can see this is an animated sticker, but when I stuck it on your message, it's not animating now. So maybe it does know that I'm talking to someone on an older version. I'm just going to send you a random sticker to try and give it a jolt. Oh, you've got the outline on yours? Oh, cool. I, uh, no. I can do that too. I can, uh, put like a sticker outline. On these this this is cool. This is really good. Oop. I can see you're doing something. I've got you the wireframe. S- oh you can't see the stickers? At all? It might still be sending. It's got like the duh, duh, duh animating. Oh, I've I've sent a bunch. So if, if you can't see them then mm. maybe it's they just don't show up at all for you. That's too bad. Maybe it's just struggling to get through on your tethered phone. Oh, that's right. Maybe I shouldn't be messing with that. I keep forgetting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yep. Stickers are cool. Yeah, stickers are cool. So a further enhancement of that um, contact poster functionality now is a feature, feature called name drop. So you can, it, it's just an, another iteration of, of this, business card of the future concept that I always see 
companies trying to advertise, but now you can tap your phones together to share contact info, which seems seems nice, like a quick way to do it. I've I've seen there's whole companies that exist that's like just sell an NFC tag basically a stick on your phone to share your contact info. So um I guess people do care about that. I mean, they're still going to have to exist for anything cross-platform, though. I mean, there's no reason they would have to. It's all NFC, right? So Apple could support uh, other phones if they wanted to, but there was no indication that that's going to be the case here. No, they probably would have mentioned it. No, the most most cool thing with AirDrop is is uh, now if your devices uh, get separated mid-transfer instead of the transfer failing, it's just going to fall back to transferring over the internet instead. Yeah, that sounds cool. And not for the reason of like leaving location, but just as like a, a fallback for airdrop, because so frequently when I'm airdropping something, it just dies some way, you know, <laughs> partway mm-hmm. through the process. You know, like someone, I don't know if, it's not clear, like does locking my phone stop the airdrop if it's already starting to send without the other person if they like switch to another app and start doing something mm-hmm. so it's nice just to have airdrop have some sort of fallback process that maybe will mean airdrop's a bit more reliable that and uh i'm not completely sure how this is going to work but it they said you can share files by bringing devices close together so i guess if you have like a specific like photo or file pulled up, I guess you can just bring it up to someone else's phone. And I guess kind of maybe like a handoff to a home pod or something. It'll prompt you if you want to share that file to the, to the nearby device. Yeah. I was curious how it would know you wanted to share something. So I, I went looking for some screenshots and the one I found, uh, mm-hmm. the person was in the photos app and they had multiple photos selected. And then when they, it wasn't clear if, the screen the share sheet was brought up or not but it didn't look like it um, but yeah when the phone was then brought close to another phone it asked if they wanted to share those photos so it seems like if you have already initiated some sort of action that might result in a share or the share mm-hmm. sheet appearing uh, it's going to prompt you then if you if you uh, slide phones together it reminds me of um, the one billionth app downloaded from the App Store. Do you remember when, when they crossed that threshold? Mm, not really. They had a live ticker on their website counting number of apps downloaded from the App Store and there was a, a prize for whoever downloaded the one billionth app and uh, I know I was trying to win that prize with downloading a bunch of apps. I think the ticker was probably arbitrary and but I was watching it tick up and hoping to to download a bunch <laughs> of apps right at the uh, last moment. Um, but the the actual app, the one billionth app, was it was called Bump, and it was it was a file transfer app where if you you had two phones and you you would pick the files you want to share and then you do like a fist bump holding the phones and that action of hitting the phones together <laughs> would cause them to transfer the data to each other. Oh, nice! <laughs> uh, wasn't uh, it some dude in Denmark or somewhere that won it? Uh, I actually don't know who the person was that won it. I only remember the app that was downloaded, uh, but potentially. Here we go. 
downloaded by Connor Mulcahy, age 13, of Weston, Connecticut. A 13-year-old won it. Wow. Oh, okay. He, he won huh. $10,000 iTunes gift card, an iPod Touch, a Time Capsule, and a MacBook Pro. That's a 17-inch MacBook Pro. I forgot they made them that big. Uh, I didn't say 17-inch, but it might have been. Oh, I found an article as well. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's quite a prize. Mm, yeah. That's nice. Um, they've fixed autocorrect. Again. Apparently. <laughs> Every other year. At least, mm-hmm. they fix it. Mm-hmm. They said they use some kind of transformer language model to to better predict mm-hmm. words and even sentence-level corrections. Uh, the coolest thing for me is you can, if a word gets replaced, you can tap on it to go back to the old word. Uh, because I definitely have those moments of frustration where I type something, it corrects it, I, I delete the correction and type the word again and it corrects it again. And I do that like three times before it lets me type the word <laughs> I want to type. Um, but if your cursor, like mm-hmm. if you type the word hit space and it corrects it, if you just mm-hmm. put your cursor back one spot, it offers mm-hmm. the old word again already. So, I don't see how this is a massive revelation mm-hmm. of a feature. Uh, maybe I didn't know that. <laughs> That would have been helpful. <laughs> uh, okay. So maybe that's not a revelation. Uh, they made a big deal about it'll let you curse now. God, they've been saying that for quite a long time as well. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad they're working on it. Mostly because I've heard other people complain. Like they'll write a whole sentence and then... The AI will think, oh, that word should have been something else and then go and change it, you know, seven words back or something crazy like that. I've never experienced Mm. anything like that. My biggest complaint is that, like, names I type every single day for 10, 15 years now still Mm. cannot, it still does not learn that, you know, this is a name uh, and don't touch it. Like, Yasmin... Like I'll type it with a J and it just changed it to a Y. Like, come on, I do. I type this name every single day. Learn that, right? Uh, You've got yeah, just little things. Yeah, I've got a contact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if there was just like a manual add to dictionary button, that'd be great. Hang on. Yeah, I just had a revelation potentially. Hang on, let me just okay. verify this. No, don't worry. I just had this thought. Have I typed Yasmin as with a Y as like a pronunciation guide on her contact card somewhere? But no, I haven't. Hmm. Just when it's you say sh- contact card, well, yeah. It still shouldn't follow the pronunciation guide. Are, are you saying like her no, name is actually I'd- Yasmin and then like her nickname is the correct spelling or something in your phone? The other way around is what I was thinking, but yeah, along hmm. those lines. But it's not the case, so... Okay. It's not that. <laughs> um, and Dictation also gets some of this tra- transformer layer or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Dictation is an area that I've definitely seen improve. So, yeah, another improvement uh, 
it would be nice to see how it goes. I'm not a frequent dictator, but I do use it every now and then. Yeah, they made big changes last year with the like the automatic punctuation insertion and the uh the thing I've used the most is the ability to like turn the dictation button on but be able to like alternate between typing and talking. I I only use dictation for words I don't know how to spell. So I'll type something and then say the word that I don't know how to spell and then keep typing. Genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. I use dictation for German when I don't know how to spell a German word. Oh, Come yeah. Handy. I yeah. bet. Um, and a journal app. The rumor was true. The rumor was true. Um, and it does give you writing prompts based yeah. on where you've been, who you've been messaging. I assume who you were messaging and not just like a, a location awareness of other people's phones. Um, music you're listening to, workouts you've been doing. Uh, your, I think, mental health as well. There was, there was a, some focus on mental health I think they talked about in the watchOS section, but you know they, they have like mood prompts and things like that. And I think they tile those together for your journal as well. This part of the uh, keynote did confuse me slightly because they started it by talking about the photos memories feature mm-hmm. and then transitioned to the journaling app. And I was actually under the impression by the time they'd finished that somehow your journals would be integrated into the photos memories. So you'd be looking at like your photo, video, photo, and then text from that day as well. Mm. Uh, but uh, on review does not seem to be the case despite that sounding like a pretty appealing feature. I, I don't know how robust the journal app would be, but I think it could potentially work in that opposite direction, right? So instead of going into a memory and seeing your journals mixed in, you could go into a journal and see your your photos and stuff from the day. Uh, right. That entry. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's there's too much of a potential for like, you know, journal entries being more personal or private, you wouldn't want those mixed into your photo slideshows when you, when you like take my fit, mm. sh- show my family, my Disney vacation slideshow and mixed in with like me saying like, I was not happy today. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, yeah. Uh, one big thing. And I think it kind of felt like a theme generally in, in, in this keynote is, is every time a new feature came out, they, uh, had APIs available to developers uh, to support these on day one, which was cool. So if in the case of the journal app, this this uh, smart suggestions based on your activity, there's there's an API that developers can leverage as well. So like day one could potentially have similar features if they wanted to. Uh, I don't think it works that way that you're thinking. I don't think day one can hook into other things of the phone to generate prompts. Mm, are you saying they can like, be prompts? Yeah, I think it's like, mm. say, all trails can say, like, oh, you went for a hike today. Suggest that as a prompt in journal. That makes more sense. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. I guess that really does make more sense because it's kind of probably a privacy implication as well if they're they're sharing your activity with yeah, anyone that otherwise, asks for it. Yeah, any app could read anything on the phone almost. 
I, I suppose there'd be. Facebook trying to hook into that. <laughs> yeah, give us a status update based on what you did today. You did X, Y, Z, A, B, C, D. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by. This is a pretty neat feature. So, when you put mm-hmm. your phone on your Elago MS whatever dock and turn it to the side. Mm-hmm. If you have an always on display phone, it can now give you like good information like a, a bedside radio might do. Mm-hmm. Calendar, clock, photos, widgets, smart stacks. I'm just reading your list here. Siri visual. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you get the idea. It's really just almost any widget, right? So if you, if you've got widgets, mm. you can, you can display them on your phone and, uh, it, it's pretty nice. Like I, I mess with it a little bit already. Um, and, and you can have like separate displays configured like per, uh, charger, right? MagSafe yeah, has a little bit of smarts in it. So it can, it can tell what, what stand it's on and show different widgets based on like where you've, if your bedside or at your desk or something like that. I just look forward to seeing widgets again because since iOS 16 introduced lock screen widgets, mm-hmm. I never look at the today screen widgets ever anymore. Like I'd probably go months between looking at them. So, hmm. yeah, just to <laughs> surface them again. Um, I guess I should probably just put them on a home screen instead of the today screen or whatever you call that screen to the left of the home screen if I actually wanted to see them. But yeah. Lock screen widgets just do it for me nowadays. Um, But I can see uh, the standby mode being like the default screen for my phone overnight Mm -hmm. um, when I'm working. And that encompasses like a huge percentage of the day. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've, got a MagSafe charger on my desk while I'm working and my phone always just lives there. So for it to actually be displaying useful information while it's doing that, it's going to be uh, very convenient. Mm, yeah. Um, you can now set Yo Siri to just be Siri as a prompt. Um, that is fully customizable. So you can you can choose either or. Oh, you can choose both or just Yo Siri. Um, yes, I've I've got it turned on and it works. Like, uh, oh, I didn't think about that. Well, I'm saying Siri right now and it's not triggering anything. Say it, it with must... more intent. Siri. Oh, yep, came on. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, hopefully, the model on that is is pretty good that it doesn't have a bunch of false triggers um but i'm i'm skeptical at the moment i mean the proof is pretty good so far the evidence rather uh this one example worked pretty good what if i say seriously (laughs) seriously (laughs) hey it's not doing it usually that always set it off okay (laughs) very cool maybe it's gotten better (laughs) (laughs) 
offline maps finally can i believe yeah it's not i mean i guess apple couldn't have done it when they relied on google's data and it's taken them ages to have their own good data but Mm. finally they have offline maps so you can specify a a chunk of map and save it offline good for when you're going off cell or just traveling or just want to save data Uh, very nice to have that catch-up feature I was actually surprised here that wasn't a feature. It's not something I've ever needed, so I just kind of assumed it was there, but now it is. Um, individual cat and dog recognition added to faces. Mm-hmm. And did they also say faces themselves got better detection? That'd be nice because it hasn't seemed to improve for quite a few years now. I think they did say that. I know they said there was enhancements to that. I don't know if they're referring to just this cat and dog thing or if there was more changes involved. They kind of enhanced something that wasn't there before. I guess it did pick up cats and dogs, but unnamed cats and dogs. It was just a dog, but now you can have it be a specific dog. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can now share your find my items so uh, an air tag can be a family air tag. Um, yeah. Much uh, demanded feature. Yep. Didn't see too lot. much uh, noise about it though when it was finally announced. So multiple people can track the same shared item and then also uh, like if, if you take your spouse's keys to go somewhere, you're not going to get like an alert on your phone that someone's tracking you because you've got their air tag mm. with them. Uh, yeah. So, definitely going to be a nice enhancement. Uh, and if you specify a reminders list as a grocery list, it'll now sort it in categories. So, chuck all the veggies in uh, one section and all the dairy in the next section. And uh, yeah. Yeah, there's. Neat, neat little feature. Maybe I need to rename my. I did get that prompt when I opened reminders. Uh, my grocery list is called a shopping list because I put more than groceries on this list when I'm going to the to the mall or the, to the store or whatever. Um, but maybe if I change it to grocery list specifically, it'll it'll change its behavior. I imagine it's just in the dot 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 sort by right. Um, because it'd be crazy to have it based on the name of the list. There's nothing there. Show list info. Maybe it's in there. Oh, list type. Yep, standard or groceries. Those are the two options. Ah, uh, okay. The groceries, what does it do? So the, cool. it doesn't do anything um, automatically if I change it to groceries. The cool thing is Reminders has columns view now. Oh, there we go. It just did it to, oh, it just produce, snacks and candy, spices and seasoning, and then other. Yeah, it's correct. That's interesting. Um. It's got a columns view now, which it utilizes for that uh, grouping here uh, by category. But also, looks like it would allow you to use reminders as as more of like a uh, like a scrum board kind of kind of view. I don't know if you're familiar with with that. Mm, yep, like like a tracker board. Um. So that that could be interesting. I have to play with that some more. 
Hmm. Oh my goodness, it made a mess. So you mean you could have like, like, uh, like uh, issues in testing and live and dev and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, you could have columns. You could have like, you know, backlog, in progress, completed, you know, in testing, whatever. Um, mm, yeah. And, and, oh my goodness, it created a ton of columns for every category of groceries in my shopping list. This is a mess. I need to get rid of all of it now. Um, but yeah, column views. I mean, it's, it's very yeah. basic functionality, but it could be nice. iPad OS. iPad OS. Played a little bit of catch up this year. A bit of lock screen personalization. Mm-hmm. A bit it's of got- uh, live activities as well. It's got the ability to have way more widgets than the iPhone, which I guess is, you would hope for on the lock screen being so much bigger. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so that's nice. Um, widgets themselves are now interactive. Not just yeah. an iPad feature, but in general. Yeah. They gave us that feature back after taking it away a couple years ago. <laughs> um, that's that's going to be really nice. Uh, already nice for things like um, you know, smart home controls. Now I can turn my lights on and off from my home screen if I wanted to, instead of having to go into the home app every time. Mm, nice. Yeah. Uh, the health app coming to the iPad. Uh, yep, that's cool. <laughs> I, I don't really spend a lot of time in the health app. Wasn't super excited about that, but I'm sure some people are. Uh, improved PDF support. Uh, yeah, this was uh, a little weird to me because they announced it like, and and now iPadOS supports PDFs. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I could already view PDFs on my iPad. Um, but sp- specifically can auto-detect fields that you can type in or write in and you can save signatures to insert. Um, and it works for documents you scan in with the camera as well. Yeah, PDF forms are typically junk, but the way you really get stuck are the ones that aren't even specified as forms because people just expect you to like print it and fill it out and then scan it. So if this automatic field identification can work on the PDFs that haven't even been set up as forms, that's going to be a game changer. Right. I guess it's always been fine for me because I just use Markdown and use my Apple Pencil and scribble in the fields and that's that's how I've always done it. But I guess if you wanted to make it cleaner and actually type in those fields and not have to insert text boxes over every every section you need to type, then uh, assuming this is good, it'll be way better. I don't expect it to be good just because of the source being a PDF, mm-hmm. rarely do you get a PDF and think this is good. So, <laughs> but any improvement I will take, I suppose. Yeah. One less reason to have to occasionally download Acrobat, and I'll take it. Also, Stage Manager got. Yeah. Oh, I was just also going to say you can you can collaborate on PDFs. 
specifically in the context of being in a shared note, I guess. Uh, right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's, it's more of a, a notes features supporting PDFs, but also supporting collaboration. Right. Is that two features as one? And then the stage manager improvements. <laughs> it is better. Uh, iPad, all of my devices are running the beta, except for my Apple Watch. Um, but it, you can now place windows anywhere. It doesn't like it doesn't do any kind of snapping when you move a window around anymore in Stage Manager. Um, hmm. Which I, I guess will be better. <laughs> it's it's going to require a little more management, right? You can't just throw windows around and expect them to be completely visible. They're not going to snap themselves to to a grid like that. But uh, it does give you a little bit more flexibility in how you want to arrange things, and it's more in line with a desktop experience, which I think is what people want in general anyway. Mm, okay. Nice. And new drawing tools in free form. Mm-hmm. And follow along. I can't even remember what that means. Uh, you can, you can choose a person who's working on a free form board to follow and you'll see your screen will like follow them around the board so you can see what they're working on. Mm, okay. And multiple timers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really funny the way that uh, Craig put that. We really are living in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you weren't in on the joke, you'd think he'd lost it. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So... It it is funny that it took us this long to get get to this point. We're on iOS seventeen. We have multiple timers. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially because people have been asking for it for for many many years. There must have been some like crazy architectural limitation under the hood is why they couldn't have implemented this ten years ago. <laughs> they finally got around to it. Nothing that ten years couldn't have already solved. Mm-hmm. Hundred times over, right? It's probably Siri related. That's my guess. <laughs> Everything is Siri's fault. Yeah, it's still not going off. Okay, I think it's pretty smart. <laughs> now that you're slagging it off, I was worried we'd have to change our uh, uh, Yo Siri wasn't going to be good enough obfuscation anymore. <laughs> Uh, but still seems to be so that's good all right on to uh, mac os Uh, so mac os uh, now called sonoma Mm -hmm. gains a uh, slow motion screensavers which it kind of already had um i mean the source videos were from the apple tv and there was Mm -hmm. a an app called Arial, which you could use to get them on your mac but now, it's all first-party stuff, so yeah. no more messing with uh, Arial. It's kind of got a, a cool uh, tie-in with your wallpapers, too. So if you, like, wake your Mac, your wall, your screensaver will freeze and it'll become your wallpaper. I'm not sure I like that too much. <laughs> I always like sticking with the default wallpaper of an OS. 
And then when you see it, you know, in future, you can mm. look back and have a bit of nostalgia about that wallpaper. But in this case, it's always going to be different. So, you'll never have that feeling. I mean, you could pick your one screensaver, right? If they have a Sonoma screensaver. And there'll be a handful of them, but you'll always know that was from Sonoma. Oh, so like you always have the vineyards of Sonoma. Right. As the screensaver and background. Okay. Right. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm getting used to it at this point, but I was disappointed a couple of years ago when they moved away from like landscape photography as a wallpapers and they went to these abstract colors. Like I still very much always use the default wallpaper, but uh, if, if these live screensavers get me something a little more natural again, I, I might switch to that just so I have more to look at than a gradient background. I don't mind the gradients. I find they're a bit less distracting than an actual photograph. Yeah. Perhaps not that. to look at by themselves, but as the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind them. Speaking of distracting wallpapers, you can now put widgets on your uh, desktop uh, on macOS, including your phone's widgets, without even having like the source app installed on the Mac, just the act of having the phone nearby or on the same Wi-Fi network will let you use them on your Mac. This is, it was funny they announced this. And I, I'm trying to look it up real quickly to remember what it was called. I just downloaded an app the other day that let you do this, that put widgets on your desktop. Uh, it wasn't like the native Apple widgets, but it was like their own third-party widgets for, for weather and calendar and stuff like that and i was just thinking man i wish apple would do this <laughs> and now they have but uh time truly is a, a flat circle in in some sense when it comes to these widget <laughs> features uh it's it's crazy the number of comments i saw on reddit about Apple's just ripping off Windows Vista. We we had widgets on our desktop, you know, 15 years ago. And thinking back to that time frame, first of all, they were called gadgets on Vista. And second of all, those were a ripoff of the dashboard that came in macOS years before. Um, <laughs> just no one remembers that far back anymore. You remember, though, James. Yeah. You had a gadget. I had a gadget. I can't believe you remember that. I remember everything. You sold you it. You seem to. <laughs> I sold it via PayPal for like $4. <laughs> Until some massive security like issue with the whole infrastructure of gadgets caused them to have to shut down the whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty wacky. <laughs> anyway, people need to stop saying that that we ripped off Windows because we did it first. The whole, widgets, like the concept of <laughs> widgets was invented by Apple. It was the same thing with Android people. Before, when they had widgets on Android and not on iPhone, they're like, Apple can't, doesn't have widgets. And, and Android invented widgets. It's like, no, they didn't. The name widgets comes from Apple. Stop. Anyway. 
I get frustrated with those people. <laughs> <laughs> it's too early in the day to get angry. Uh-huh. Well, now you can have your widgets on your desktop. No third party required. I already do. And they'll always be up to date. You don't even need to open them to update them. So, my my computer setup, my main computer, when I've got my MacBook Pro and like the monitor beside it, my main monitor's got my Windows and now my laptop screen has like, it's just full of widgets. Oh, really? (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what have you got there? Uh, just basic stuff. Calendar, weather. Uh, I've got a photo highlight, uh, like top news stories. Um, hmm. I don't have any third-party ones yeah. yet, but I could, I guess, look into what's offered as an extension through my phone, potentially. Yeah. Um. Can you believe the Mac has some specific game-based features now? Game priority modes. Uh-huh. Just I think that bonkers. This feels like it's in the spirit of trying to tempt developers over to just Apple platforms in general, more for the sake of the headset, I would say, than anything else. Um but yeah specifically game mode which deprioritizes anything that's not a game uh on the cpu and gpu tasks and doubles your bluetooth sampling rate so controllers are more responsive and your your headphones are uh more have less latency i suppose <laughs> they're less latent less latent <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know the Mac knew what a game was to be able to set all these parameters. <laughs> Apparently it will. Yeah. I assume there's some kind of flag or something you'd have to to set to get that priority. I don't know. And why can't it pull my my Bluetooth at double the rate all the time? I, I assume battery concerns, battery, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. No, interesting that they um, are doing this. Like it, it seems it actually seems like Apple is ramping up efforts uh, when it comes to gaming on the Mac. But uh, I suppose you could probably look back for decades and see similar signs that eventuated in nothing. So it's more than yeah. likely to eventuate in nothing as well. Like this isn't the start of some historic gaming chapter and. Uh, in the life of Mac. They they have bursts of caring about gaming or at least paying lip service to it before ignoring it again for years on mm. end. And even the games that are coming, you know, there's there's nothing new, right? Um, no Man's Sky announced a week ago that they're coming to the Mac, which is a several years old game. Stray is coming, which is, is more more recent, but it's not exactly a triple a game um they had the developer of of death stranding come on and say that he's bringing uh whatever the director's cut of death stranding to mac but that's also a a several year old game 
So they didn't have anyone new saying like our brand new game is coming to the Mac or anything. Just a very brief aside. Uh, during the week, I actually got one of those, um, like it's called the Backbone. Do you know the Backbone controller? It's it's kind of like attaching to the Switch Joy-Cons to the sides of your phone. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also like a backplate as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really nice device. If you ever want to do anything, any sort of gaming on a phone that requires joysticks and buttons and a D-pad, would highly recommend it. What do you play with it? I'm still finding my way. You know I'm not much of a gamer, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just looking for things that like showcase what a 13 Pro Max can do. Mm-hmm. Best I found so far, Genshin Impact. I'd never even heard of this game uh, before this week, but you know you can ramp it up to 120 uh, FPS and um, it's beautiful graphics, plays quickly, um, full controller support. And completely free to play. I mean, it's you do you pay eventually. You know how all these games are, but mm-hmm. um, I th- I believe you can do tons of the game completely for free. Um, I mean, that's yeah, it's definitely a name I've heard before. I think yeah. I've seen. So yeah, yeah, cool. If you like wandering around a landscape as an anime character. With like another little alien character talk to you in a high pitched voice, Genshin mm-hmm. Impact is for you. Yeah. No Apple Arcade games though, huh? No. I think I've tried all the ones I've wanted to, and none stuck. Probably the closest would have been. Uh, I can't even remember the name of it now. Mini Motorway. <laughs> I'm thinking controller games, which you uh, can play Mini Motorway with a controller, but it's not mm. really the one it you'd want good. to play. Uh, Ocean Horn 2, that's what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good looking game and full controller support. Anyway, brief aside, aside. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some Mac-less. video conferencing. Yeah. I didn't really pay attention to that, but you can do stuff. It's pretty cool. There's there's been third party apps for this. Um but but now Mac OS natively lets you go into like presenter modes and so you can either overlay like a little circle with your face in it over content you're presenting, or you can have content like projected behind you like you're presenting in front of a, a whiteboard or something. Um, so this is just a good way to, to put like a screen share and your video at the same time in, in one, one view. Um, and then also some uh, video reactions, which it looked very much in line with the, uh, the message effects that, that you seem to love so dearly james <laughs> i could not believe that they <laughs> chuck these awful message effects in a new feature like they haven't what? touched these in like a decade and now they're yeah. a new feature in some other app but you can trigger them with gestures <sighs> you can give two thumbs yeah. up and it'll shoot confetti out <laughs> 
I'm confused why that was the only demo and they haven't told us what any of the other gestures are. Well, they showed one of a guy like, like making a heart with his hands and that did a heart thing. Oh, did they? Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the other ones would uh, be. And yeah. Um, these features are also supported in all your video apps as well, like Teams and Zoom and whatever, WebEx. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, limited to just Apple's apps. Yeah, it's it's like a mini uh, OBS for for like streamers almost, um, where it acts as a a virtual webcam that other services just view as a webcam, but you know there's overlays and effects being put on top of it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. So. Very cool. Um, Safari got some features across all operating systems, of course. Mm-hmm. Private browsing got a little more private. Yep, locked um, behind password or face ID locked. or whatever, depending on device. I've wondered why a lock within your phone is useful, but and all I could think of is you unlock your phone and then you give it to someone else to do stuff and you don't want them to get deeper into your phone than they already are am i mm-hmm. missing something or is that like the main scenario where you need a lock within your phone i mean i think that could theoretically be a big part of it um they, they have this in multiple aspects of ios these days right you have locked notes or you can have locked uh sections in, in photos like your hidden album or things like that um, I mean, I know that Elizabeth picks up my phone sometimes and if I'm sitting close enough to her, it just unlocks cause I'm wearing my Apple watch. Right. So, uh, to, to some extent it would, she'd let her into my phone, but not into, you know, like my note with social security numbers or something in it. Mm, okay. Is she, um, do you, do you worry about her stealing your identity? <laughs> Not stealing my identity, but like, I don't want those deleted. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Hmm. Um, you, uh, shared pass keys. So is that, that's not just, or does that include passwords that we're talking? Isn't that a whole password sharing feature? Not just pass keys? Uh, yes, I believe it is It is more than just pass keys. So, yeah, shared passwords and pass keys. Uh, which I know I've seen some people ask for. Um, it's definitely a feature that, like, 1Password or other password sharing apps have had for a long time. So... Nice to see it come to Apple's default password manager. It gets a little bit closer every year to something I could use to replace one password. If only it had like its own icon just so everyone could find it. Right. And that hidden under settings. Too much to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one day. That'll be the last feature to come to it. Once everything else is done, they'll be like, oh, I guess it is an app. 
in its own right. right. Uh, one-time passwords will now autofill from mail. So previously, it would autofill those, you know, the six numbers that you get via text mm-hmm. when you're trying to sign into a website, but now it'll do it via mail, which is nice because a lot of services do use emails, um, being probably the cheaper way to send one-time passwords. Right. It also... Uh has an option in settings to automatically delete those emails or text messages after the password's been autofilled now. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. I imagine it would have to be off by default though cuz the number of old people that that would confuse <laughs> it'd be like close to 100%, right? Profiles. I'm not a profiles person, but a lot of people use profiles in Chrome, so good to have that uh, feature come to Safari. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. I guess I, I could see it be useful for people like like you, where you use the same computer for work and personal stuff. But I'm on a completely different operating system with a different browser and everything for my work, so I never have to worry about mm. conflating yeah. those things. Yeah, and I like my stuff to be combined. I don't want to have to mm. switch between stuff. I'm always doing bits of both. Right. Yeah. Maybe having like a test profile and a live profile might be handy. Yeah. I, yeah, that's all I can think of. The only thing I can think about in work is like, sometimes I need to clear my cookies <laughs> to get to something. So if I could have... I need to be better about clearing cookies because you can do it per website these days and I still just clear everything and then I'm always frustrated <laughs> when I try to do something. I never clear history. I treat my history like I treat my iMessage. goes back to... Actually, no, that's a lie because I don't always restore my operating system. But I never delete it in any case. Hmm. Sometimes things are just broken and you've got to clear the cookies to get it working again. Never. never. <laughs> I never have that issue. Are you doing web development? No. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Um, AirPods. Yeah. So the AirPod Pro 2s mm-hmm. have combined transparency and noise cancelling to create this magical middle ground where everything you want to hear you hear and everything you don't want to hear you don't hear I wonder how good that actually is (laughs) yeah you wonder how many audio models are present on the airpods to be able to do that or if it's if it's much more uh Generic, where it's like this loud, repetitive sound is obviously something you have to be tuned out, but then anything that's not repetitive, you know, it gets amplified. I, mm, I was yeah, just sure. thinking about how nice it would be to have something along those lines. Uh, last week on the plane, um, I had my AirPods in, had noise canceling on, and it was. Uh, it was very nice to tune out the plane. I've I've missed a lot over the years. I've always said you don't need noise canceling on a plane, 
but uh, I was very impressed by the difference it made. Um, but I would have liked to to have something adaptive in case like Elizabeth needed something. It's kind of hard to hear her when she asked me a question. <laughs> well, next time you fly, you might even have something over your eyes as well. Hmm. We're going to get there. Um, but one of the features coming to the AirPods is if you start talking to someone, it'll recognize that. I'm not sure if it comes the other way, but I imagine it, if someone starts talking directly to you, it's going to recognize that as well. And it'll mm-hmm. reduce the level of what you're listening to. Right. That actually, if that works, that's going to be a killer feature. Because the number of times a day that I, you know, have to double tap an AirPod or take an AirPod out of my ear to talk to someone mm-hmm. is it's beyond mildly inconvenient. I'd go so far as to say it's inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> so for that to be an automatic process would be amazing, especially on the AirPods Pro where they, you know, shoved right into your ear. Right. Yeah, that's that's been uh, my experience occasionally is if... um. I'm working in the, like the front yard or something and I've got my AirPods in and you know, it's, it's got uh noise cancellation on and I'm playing a podcast or something or music. My neighbor will like come up to me and start talking to me. And I don't notice until I turn around and see them standing there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if the AirPods could detect that and like tune them in to me, that, that would actually be really <laughs> convenient. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but if you don't initiate the conversation, how does the AirPod know that the voice is intended for you? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it it won't work that way, but maybe it's proximity-based. I've got no clue. Mm. They also added the ability to quickly mute and unmute yourself by pressing on them it just said i don't know how to differentiates between mute and unmute and actually ending a call maybe it's configurable like per side like other airpod settings but i could definitely see Mm. that being a feature i would use yeah that would be good yeah instead of having to reach for your phone right um airplay gets some smarts it starts to learn how you use airplay and like basically suggests or sets up what you're going to do before you do it yeah i rarely use airplay so i i i don't necessarily know that this will be a, something that i'll see the recommendations come in for me but i guess for people that do frequently share stuff from their phone for it to automatically prompt you like when you walk into the kitchen you know do you want to share to your home pods or whatever could be convenient mm. yeah um and start airplay using a home pod yeah. i thought you could already do that for some reason i'm fairly sure i could start a podcast in overcast from my home pod which would create a home play uh, airplay session from my phone to the home pod I know they've supported other apps, so yeah, I'm. I wasn't completely sure how this was was different, but they did explicitly call out that you could do that. So it's yeah. in the note. It's in the note. 
um, and airplay in hotels via QR code. I'm sure that'll come to the three hotels in the world uh, in the next decade. <laughs> uh, I mean, more and more TVs these days have have airplay just built into them, um, which, assuming that even just basic TVs that hotels buy will have airplay someday, there's just no way to leverage those unless you know, you're like on the same network or signed into the same account. But if there's a QR code to facilitate that, then um, I agree it could take many, many years for this to actually be seen anywhere, but it would be convenient once it is rolled out, if it's ever rolled out. (laughs) I'm still waiting to unlock my hotel door with my phone. That was announced a long time ago. I've never had to do that. Never been able to do that. I mean, I've... I've definitely stayed in hotels that I, well, I literally just stayed in a hotel at Disney World to do that. I could do that. So there you go. Yeah, that's Disney though. That's different. <laughs> uh, CarPlay jukebox is what I'm calling it, but share play to CarPlay. So your phone's plugged into the CarPlay and other people can add to your, add to the car's music playlist. That is a yeah. very cool feature. Yeah. And this extends beyond um just car play like they demoed it here it's just like the concept of shared playlists that anyone can contribute songs to basically um but i think there's some specific car play features as well that you, that leverage share play so that you can um i don't know if it's proximity based or how that would work but anyway very convenient I'm looking forward to like sitting in the passenger seat and driving down the freeway and adding to other people's playlists as we cruise alongside them. <laughs> How do you like Ramstein, little old lady? <laughs> <laughs> little old lady who's using CarPlay? Yeah, why not? Okay. Little old ladies have phones and cars. It's It's vaguely similar to... Um... Back back when uh like uh those those FM transmitters were a popular way to play music from your phone to your car like if if you didn't have uh, an aux port or you didn't have like a, a car w- was somewhere in between having a cassette player where you could plug in the cassette adapter or, or having an aux port built in uh, you could buy those FM transmitters and uh, my friends and I like. Some per- one person would have the FM transmitter, and so we'd all have to drive like right next to each other on the highway if we all wanted to hear the music. <laughs> and could you overpower like a local radio station if you got it on the right frequency? Uh, no. Like even even in the same car, it couldn't overpower uh, a station. You'd have to pick a empty empty frequency. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, TVOS got a few updates. Yeah, they they not- changed the control center. I'm not actually sure that it's it's better. It's different, but I'd never had a problem with the old one. So. Hmm. 
Um, and I don't understand how this works. They, they added the ability to, to find the Siri remote using your iPhone, and it's got like a Find My style UI, but it's not using Find My, so I don't know what it's doing. I don't know if it's like some kind of frequency thing where it's using the the mic on the remote to to do location or if it's all Bluetooth based or or what it's doing. But it sure would have been nicer if they just sort of built uh AirTag into the remote instead of whatever they had to do here. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, photo memories as screensavers, which I kind of thought that already existed, but I guess it was just albums or I guess just albums, not specifically memories. So that's a new one. So now it's going to show your photos in groups of memories. Like you don't pick a memory, do you? You just say do it as memories and it'll go through all your memories I mean, that would probably make sense because memories are generally fairly short. So it, it would be a very quick loop if they're just playing one uh, for a screensaver. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, my thoughts. Yeah. Um, but FaceTime's probably the biggest addition. Yeah. If you can call it an addition. I mean, it's not like the TV suddenly has a camera appear on it, but you can use your phone as the continuity camera of your Apple TV. I mean, if you're going to use any camera, the phone's a good one to use because it's the highest quality camera that you're probably going to have. Um, right. I'm not. But yeah, I'm not confident that Apple won't add a camera uh, to the Apple TV or ex- accessory someday. But I do feel like, in some ways, it's it's more of a feature than a bug not to have it. I'm sure a lot of people would feel uncomfortable having a camera in the living room at all times. So one that you can just set up when you want to make a FaceTime call uh, might actually make people feel more comfortable. Apple's not even willing to add a good camera to their computers that already have cameras. They're going to add one to the Apple TV. Okay, that's fair. (laughs) But no, I agree with you. A camera in the living room that's just always looking at you as you watch TV is a little disconcerting. (laughs) It was it was cool to to show it in the context of um, SharePlay, which was announced a couple years ago specifically so you could watch videos with friends, and I always thought that was a little bit uh, of a weird setup where you have to have like your phone propped up somewhere near you while you're both watching the Apple TV or something. Um, but the fact that you could do something like this and and have all that UI just on the TV uh, makes a lot more sense. And as a bonus, you can't be distracted by your phone because it's busy recording you. Right. I'm not sure how much I actually, like, this is more of a share play critique, I think, but I don't, not sure how much I care about seeing my friend's faces while watching a video, but. No. I I guess it's an option. So you're not one of those, like, uh, X reacts to Y on YouTube type person? (laughs) You feel like you're watching a Twitch stream at all times. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not a, a big React viewer, I guess. 
I'm going to set my iMessage avatar to a React face. <laughs> James's reaction to the Vision Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Watch OS 10. And if there's one thing to be disappointed about, mm-hmm. or rather that my expectations were way higher than what was announced, it was Watch OS 10. Right. Where's my full redesign of the watch interface? All we got was like the Siri watch face chucked into like the main screen of the watch. Yeah. And they they kind of sold it as a big redesign too, though. They're like, for Watch OS 10, we completely rethought how you'd interact with the watch. This is a new paradigm and it's it's really not. In fact, they're kind of giving us features we used to have a long time ago. Were you a watch user long enough ago to remember glances? Long enough ago. I had a day one watch, mate. Okay. So so did you have do you remember glances then? Uh I'm not saying I remember them. <laughs> Would have had them. <laughs> All right. I think that was like a watch OS two or three feature. Um where you could swipe up from the bottom of the watch and and you would get little widgets that you could then uh, swipe between and had like weather and your calendar and battery and a few other ones, but I don't remember what they were anymore. Um, but they, they took that away many years ago. Uh, I guess like five plus years ago now. And that's basically what this is again, but with some more smarts using like a, a smart stack with widgets. Uh, and the side button on the watch now no longer does the, the, what do you call it? Like the dock view? It now does the control center. I mean, I think, I think that's better anyway, because I never use the dock, uh, on my watch. So I'm clearing the water. All right. Uh, I never really use the dock view itself. So getting into control center, I think makes a little more sense. Um, but I assume it's because that swipe up from the bottom that you used to get into control center now is going to be, uh, it's going to be that new like Siri sm- smart stack view. So they got to have a different way to invoke the control center. Uh, right. Of course. So how do you get to the dock now or that's just gone? Uh, I don't know. I'm not running the beta on my watch because you can't roll oh, back said, yeah. watch OS versions. So I want to be really sure it's stable first. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was gone then, I suppose. Maybe it's like a double tap of the side button. Maybe. I think this yeah. side button holds the record for like input control. That's like been repurposed for so many different things over the years. I mean, they like it so much, they put two of them on the Ultra. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, they really can't decide what that button should do. They also can't decide to add any decent watch faces this year. Palette and Snoopy. <laughs> you don't like Snoopy? I mean, I like Snoopy, but not as a watch face. It looks kind of stupid. <laughs> I just don't understand people who have watch faces that don't show any information besides the time. Well, that's kind of the the benefit of watchOS 10, right? Is you can have all that information 
on any watch face now. You got to scroll to get to it, but it's technically accessible. Mm, I suppose. Um, added some cycling features. So, you know, when you're on a bike, you, you know, if you're a cyclist, you might have your phone mounted on your handlebars. Well, um, and also apparently they have cyclists that is, they apparently have other little Bluetooth devices that sense things about the bike. Well, now you can hook up everything. You've got your, your Bluetooth sensor, you've got your watch and you've got your phone all working together to give you things like uh, power zones. Now, what was it? What do they call it? Like maximum theoretical power and <laughs> some cycling terms like that. It sounded quite interesting. Um, hiking. Mm-hmm. Uh, marks the last waypoint you had cell reception. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and marks the waypoint where you can make a, an emergency call with any carrier. Yeah. So, I, I guess if you make an emergency call with your phone, you know, it's not limited to whatever carrier you're on. It'll try with whatever carrier it can connect to. Um, and the waypoint app also got, uh, like elevation waypoints or something like that as well. Probably useful people who are in mountainous terrain. Mm hmm. Um, this was an interesting one though, trails within the app itself. Yeah. So I do wonder what, uh, data or service they're using to determine, you know, where trails are. Cause it's not going to know it just from their own mapping data, surely. So I wonder if they integrate with like, uh, I know is all trails a thing over there or is that an Australian service? I mean, I haven't heard of it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm not much of a hiker. Mm. All trails. It seems to exist. Yeah, it sounds like a nice addition, though. Yeah. I do wonder how far off the map you are, though, if you're using your watch to stumble across trailheads <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I mean I, I know if I'm me I'm on the computer days before I attempt to walk anywhere working out exactly where I'm going to walk I'm not relying on something to pop up on my watch but right. maybe if I get lost it will be handy um, mental health features yeah so this is some stuff that was it was grouped in and, and demoed during the watch segment but it's available on all their platforms like pretty much everything here uh the mindful mindfulness app uh lets you keep track of your mood or state of mind and then it can relate that those trends with things like how much sleep you've got gotten or uh workouts you've done or amount of mindfulness minutes you've spent um and then it can even like prompt you to take take surveys to evaluate whether or not you should seek professional help. Yeah, I think it's nice that it just gives you those prompts to say how you're feeling during the day and lets you potentially correlate that with other health data. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 
potentially turn out to be nothing, but maybe you do spot a pattern. Whether it's sleeping less and feeling bad or not mm-hmm. getting enough daylight and feeling bad or well, vice yeah. versa. Yeah, this kind of ties into the visual health section, but they specifically built a sensor to measure the amount of time you spend in the daylight per day now. That is really clever. I mean, who would have think who would have thought you could just use like an ambient light sensor to to, to measure that, but mm-hmm. now the features there it seems pretty basic and obvious. I mean, maybe like if your window had full sun and you're working all day and at the window, it might be a little bit confused, but. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's. You're still kind of in the sunlight, even if you're sitting by a window, right? Yeah. So is it going to measure that as indoors or outdoors? Hmm. Oh, are you saying it doesn't really matter? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, you're still in the daylight. I, yeah, I'm not completely sure. They they related this specifically to uh, the visual health. I think it was myopia. Is that? Yeah. They yeah. said apparently spending more time in daylight helps mitigate that. Um, so I, I would assume whether or not it's through a window, you know, you still get that benefit, but I don't know enough about how those are related. What if you're sitting in a window in bright sunlight, but staring at a screen that's way too close to your face? <laughs> Do they just cancel each other out? Maybe. I love that this was the last feature they, they announced was the the screen distance recommendations or whatever tell you to hold your devices farther away right before they announced the screen you can strap to your face. <laughs> I did some reading into this once because I was curious, how can your eyes focus on something cl- so close to them? Mm-hmm. Like if a piece of paper was so cl- as close to your eyes as the lenses or the screen of uh, VR goggles. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be able to read the text on that piece of paper. But apparently, the way it works is your eyes are actually focusing, like, at a distance further away. Mm-hmm. So, somehow it works. Like, I don't think there is uh, focusing too close myopia risk associated with with VR. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask me anything more technical <laughs> than that, though. Um, oh, yeah, just briefly again. I think the vitamin D things, uh, the um, the daylight things, also um, going to be handy just for measuring mood and stuff. Because you know, people like in, up in the Arctic Circle who go through six months of darkness have mm-hmm. like mood issues during that because of lack of vitamin D. So I, I think a lot of people might be able to use this daylight data um just to see potentially how little time they are spending outside maybe as an office worker or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah i like that as a feature a lot and something about measuring how close a screen is to you i didn't quite get the gist of how that was happening but Uh, they said it was specifically using the true depth cameras so it's like only on ipad pro and like iphones with face id basically Okay. So the people with the good stuff get the feature. Yeah. And it just warns you, like, if you've been holding your device too close to your face for too long, you get, like, a little prompt to hold it farther away. Hmm. Okay. We reach the crux of WWDC. 
We made it. We made it through the fluff. All the backstory leads <laughs> up to this moment. You could hear in Tim's voice how excited he was when he said one more thing. It was he, like he, he was, was about excited. to crack. <laughs> he was trembling with excitement. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. Do excuse me if I call it the reality pro a million times as we talk about it. Oh my goodness, that's been stuck in my head too. It's just so tricky to get past. Uh-huh. Ironic. Considering the product. Is it? No, it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I don't know how to do this. Everyone already it's knows. It's a headset. Uh-huh. Everyone already knows. Everyone, yeah. Everyone listening to this already knows what it is. The Apple Vision Pro. The, yeah, okay. We can just say how we feel about it, I suppose. <laughs> well, I was blown away. I didn't expect anything like this at all. It, it's way closer to AR goggles mm-hmm. than I thought we would see for, like, years and years. It's... Way higher resolution than mm-hmm. I thought we would ever see. Well, not ever, but also for a number of years. It's, I don't know if you remember me saying, maybe around the time when I got the Quest, like, all I want is something in Apple, in Apple's ecosystem and higher res, mm-hmm. and I'd be sold. And I'm sold on this. That doesn't mean I'm going to buy one because it's way <laughs> too expensive, but I am sold on this as a product. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, I think you're you're definitely in luck, at least in the long term. I think I think the the naming of Vision Pro uh, is is very deliberate and leaves an opening for an Apple Vision, you know, in the lower lower tier at someday when they can get the price down. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it's nope. it's much closer to AR. I think with it being a goggle setup, I was also picturing a more vr heavy device with like minimal pass-through support like a quest has versus something that's you know entirely focused on almost exclusively uh, augmented reality the pass-through video that they were showing in the demo Mm -hmm. looked like incredible Mm -hmm. and i was convinced that this is like 100% mock-up. But I've heard that it's actually real video from the device that was shown in those demos whenever it was a first-person view. Uh, I mean, I heard someone point that out. Uh, I think it was on Mastodon I saw it, that they explicitly pointed out that there was no like, hey, this is a mock-up text or whatever on the screen. Um. I don't know what their actual requirements are, how often Apple does that with the little asterisks at the bottom. But uh, uh, from what I've heard from the few people who've got to put them on, I was I was up early this morning watching reviewers uh, post their videos. But uh, apparently the pass-through video is, is so close to reality that uh, it was a CNET reviewer, I don't know his name, but... He said one of the most impressive parts was when he took the headset off and he realized that the real world looks exactly the same as what he was just looking at. (laughs) Yeah. 
I do wonder how that'll translate to like the average living room because mm-hmm. the demo area and the demo videos were all in like fairly, uh, you might say low dynamic range range scenarios. Like you'd, no one was at like a front window with sun shining through, getting mm-hmm. their vitamin D and getting their hours on their watch. <laughs> but in that scenario, like it, it would be beyond a camera to capture the inside and outside as the human eye would perceive it. Right. So maybe in a situation like that, it would be less realistic. But yeah, certainly it is extremely close. Way, I think it's like a pivotal part of the experience. Like it's, it's the feature that makes the headset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it certainly differentiates it from anything else in the market. And to get it passed through to you, so it's got all the cameras and stuff on the front, all the the sensors and whatnot, but Mm -hmm. when it comes to the lenses, they are so, so great a resolution, so much greater resolution than we've seen in, like, the Quest. They're like, like... They said they were greater than 4K per eye. Mm-hmm. And then I also read another, I think it was also on Apple's website that said it was 23 million pixels. I'm not sure if that works out per eye or not. Because 23 million pixels per eye would be like 4.7K square per eye, which seems I think like it was 23, I think 23 million is the total combined pixels for both screens so that's probably more like 4,000 by 3,000 pixels per eye so that's still greater than 4k right yeah that works out then so say it's like 4,000 by 3,000 per eye compared to like the quest 2 which is like 2,000 by 1,800 or something ridiculous like that Mm mm-hmm like people are saying they can read text in Safari through the goggles or read their phone through the goggles. Right, yeah. Not yeah, So not only can you read, you know, the text rendered in the applications being displayed in AR, but also in the pass-through video itself, which is a, it's a pretty massive step from any current products on the market. I mean, I think, you do have a whole list here. Yeah, I, I think the uh, uh, most interesting thing—the thing I'm I'm most curious or concerned about—is the the control system itself. So, you interact with it entirely using your eyes and your hands and your voice. Uh, so you you look at something and then tap your fingers together to select it, or in the case of a text box, you can look at the text box and just start talking and whatever you say will be typed in there. I think for most interactions, that will be fine. Uh, but in the gaming context specifically, that's not going to be good enough because that basically gives you, it gives you like an old Atari control scheme if you've got a... Uh, uh, a joystick and one button, right? That's not enough to control a whole <laughs> game. Um, and Apple said they've got a hundred plus Apple arcade games will be launched on day one. And in the 
the brief clip they showed accompanying that text, the, the person was holding like a PlayStation controller or something. So they can connect any controller to the headset. But VR has already gone through that initial stage of controllers where the very first round of VRs with like Oculus or, or uh, whatever, you used Xbox or PlayStation controllers. And we quickly moved on from that because it, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't immersive in VR just be holding a controller. What you really want is your, you know, your, your full hands. And so having independent controllers in both hands works better for gaming in VR. And I think the, the difference is uh-huh. that when you're doing games in other headsets, you're playing VR games, but mm-hmm. Apple's head, the Vision Pro is not going to have VR games. It's just going to have like 2D games on a virtual screen in front of you. So there's no, there's no reason to have anything more than your PlayStation controller. Well, I think initially it's definitely just going to have that, right? Because it's going to be running iPad games or whatever. But I don't think there's any reason that a developer couldn't make something more immersive. Uh, and maybe they can't. Maybe that's not something available uh, in the SDK or whatever. But... Um, I guess what I'd assumed is that you could develop more immersive experiences if you if you developed software with the Vision Pro in mind. Yeah, it's almost unusual how little they did full immersive uh, demos. Right. Almost even the ones they did demo was like you're watching a two D screen and you can get rid of everything else in your room. Mm-hmm. With like an overlay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, they're limited a little bit by the fact that it's just not content for this product yet, right? They just announced it to developers. And besides the few people they showed it to ahead of time, no one's been able to make, you know, uh, these, these new experiences for the headset yet. Uh, maybe, maybe I am thinking about it the wrong way and that really is, more completely augmented but uh i think if it is you're you're limiting yourself at least from a gaming perspective to just be able to play games on a 2d screen apple limiting their gaming perspectives (laughs) prospects rather (laughs) yeah fair enough Um, yeah, you're right. There wasn't much to show, was there? There was uh, messages. You can always list them all messages, mm-hmm. photos. Uh, what do we have? Safari, mail. Freeform. Freeform. Um, free <laughs> did they even show it? Uh, I think they did, just briefly. It was at least on the mm. an, an icon on the home screen. Yeah. They had Microsoft TV. Office working. Oh, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Um, FaceTime. FaceTime, of course. FaceTime's probably worth a discussion in of itself. Uh, so it just works by like putting people in floating windows. Um, but they they took a long time getting to the the question of what would you look like in that context. Um, mm, yep. But I wonder why they didn't address it straight away. The obvious uh, first question. Right, yeah. Um, and it, 
I don't know. The answer is it's okay, but it uses the true depth cameras on the front of the Vision Pro to to get like a 3D scan of 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 you on initial setup, and then it uses all of the cameras to track your facial motion and map it to like a digital avatar. And it's it's a step above like just a memoji, but it's it's not uh, you know a completely convincing remake of yourself it's it's kind of almost in like that uncanny valley area yeah reviews that i read was split on it people actually tried the demo some Mm -hmm. said it was in the uncanny valley some said it was across Mm -hmm. um and realistic enough to not be uncanny but uh, something like that it's always has to be uncanny unless it's perfect (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and they had the uh, the limitation or or whatever of the person that they were interacting with was you know whatever the Apple person was running the demo doing the FaceTime call with them. I think in the context of talking to someone that you actually like intimately know and are familiar with what they look like, it probably looks even weirder. Mm. Yeah. Um. What else? We haven't even talked about eyesight, which, which I think is a <laughs> hilarious reuse of a. Uh, I guess it's a new brand because it's EYE Sight, but uh, yeah. Uh, 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 and the camera doesn't exist. The uh, the <laughs> webcam, right? Uh, didn't they reuse that branding at some point for their internal webcams? I don't know. Maybe that old old eyesight branding yeah. is completely gone. But. Uh, yeah so i mean it was rumored before and everyone always threw it away as like there's no way that's going to happen because that would look absolutely ridiculous Mm -hmm. and i admit i was one of those i thought there's no way i could not picture this looking anywhere close to as well implemented as they've done it you know, it's not like big Mickey Mouse eyes on like a screen on the front of a headset, which is the only thing my narrow mind could picture before seeing what this actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, no, on the initial like reveal of the product, I I actually thought it was a like a transparent device. Yeah, and I do wonder if that translates in real life, but I too wondered, is it transparent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, the eyes look like they're like recessed into the device, mm-hmm. yet somehow being like on the front of them. Um, they're darkened as if they're covered, which they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and a feature I especially like is if you're fully immersed, then the eyes aren't there because they can't see you. Right. I was actually, I was also in the camp that this wasn't going to happen, but I was thinking more specifically for like a uh, a battery life and processing perspective. It's like, why waste any battery or processing power on an external display? Um, Mm. But but they clearly thought it was valuable enough to have. Um, It does, it does make wearing the device more, uh, I don't know, maybe more like less, uh, I don't have the word for it. It makes you feel less closed off, at least, wearing it. 
Mm. So you can still yeah. be present in the moment with other people in the same room, even with the, the headset on. But I tell you what, I'm not going to be taking photos of any kids' birthdays wearing this thing. I'm, I've am i got mixed feelings about that. Um, it seems like the reaction was just negative overall. Every video review commented on that. Every comment on Reddit was like, man, imagine being that dad at the at the birthday party with a, a VR headset on while their kid's blowing out the candles. And I was like, I, I don't know. I can kind of see it happening. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, it, I, it's just so dystopian. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the dad really watching? Like, maybe he's watching a movie or something. Oh, that, okay. So, from that perspective of maybe he's, he's not present at all in that way, I guess I could uh-huh. see it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apple also explicitly said when they unveiled this, like, video and photography feature this is apple's first 3d camera um which makes me wonder if other devices like maybe the iphone will, will get the ability to capture 3d video in the future uh yeah i've got some thoughts on this okay because i was kind of disappointed in a way because you, you know i bought the 360 degree camera a few months ago mm-hmm. kind of anticipating that apple would be going in that direction soon Mm -hmm. but i've miscalculated (laughs) right it's not 360 360 yeah 360 degree camera is a a camera pointing forwards and a camera pointing back Mm -hmm. and a headset can't capture that obviously because there's no camera on the back Mm -hmm. so the direction that apple's going instead is 3d aka stereoscopic photos and videos Mm-hmm. So, yeah, two lenses capturing in one direction. And I think they said the headset does 180 degrees. Uh, Yeah, I think that is right. Now, when you try and convert one of those camera systems, you know, a, le- a lens pointing forwards and lens pointing back or two lenses pointing in the same direction, if you try and adapt that to a phone... Which one's the likely one to adopt, right. to be adopted? I went and looked at existing 3D cameras to see, like, how far apart do lenses need to be? Like, would we need one on the top of the phone and one on the bottom of the phone for this to be workable? Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem to be the case. Like, even halfway down the phone would seem to be more than enough to get a half-decent 3D effect. So, I think the future isn't 360-degree videos and photos. I think it's... I mean, of course, I'm talking about the the Apple ecosystem here, but mm-hmm. I think it's stereoscopic. I think you could... The thing with 3D video is that it doesn't provide you that ability to to look around or change your perspective after the fact. You're stuck to the view of however that camera was was positioned when it was recording and any movements that camera makes, you know, you're kind of just along for the ride. Uh, whereas the 360 stuff, I still think it's got its own benefit of feeling like 
present in the moment in its own way where you can look around and, and see any part of the scene you want to see. And that's not something you're going to be able to get with 3D. Yeah, that's true. I mean, 180 degree coming pretty close. Yeah. And the other advantage that 180 degree has is that it's way crisper, like it's way more detailed. You know, like mm-hmm. two 4K cameras pointing forwards is uh, a much sharper than one uh, in my camera, at least a 5.7K camera doing forwards and backwards. Mm-hmm. And there was no mention of 360 degree video uh, in this presentation at all either. They showed panoramas, and I feel like that's pretty similar. There, I would hope there'd be some kind of support. But yeah, it's not a video though; it's just a photo. Yeah. Um, I believe that Apple has actually invented their own stereoscopic video camera as well. Um. So, I mean, if they're already doing that on a large scale. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that's a precursor to something appearing in the phones in the near future. You know, I feel like it could almost, like you said, the camera only has to be halfway down the phone. You could almost put it like any, even in a portrait oriented. Well, you wouldn't want portrait videos. Hopefully they wouldn't put them just on opposite corners of the top of the phone. If it's a wide enough angle lens, I don't see why not. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, except no. If you're holding your phone in landscape, you you'd be covering. You can't do it then. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Maybe they'll make a standalone camera. I mean, they already have. It's <laughs> it's whether they sell it. <laughs> Apple Quick Take Three or Four. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't remember if I. And I think I read it was two 8K sensors in their camera, which is mm. what they're using to make video, I suppose, or content for Vision Pro. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that's what's in Vision Pro. I wonder what the res of that one is. I don't know that they mentioned specifically what the resolution of the cameras are. No. I didn't see that at all. I do I do wonder uh because like in the Vision Pro setup when you've got to like turn it around and face yourself to like take the picture for for scanning your face it made me wonder if you could maybe just use the Vision Pro as a handheld camera so you don't have to strap it to your face Yes, I wondered the exact same thing. But then it would have to have like some you know how like the phone has a take photos while un- while locked mode. Mhm. So I don't, we haven't mentioned yet that the Vision Pro unlocks with like an iris, a retina scan, optic ID, um, optic ID. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you're using it as like a standalone camera, uh, it's not going to get a chance to do that. But I mean, the iPhone can take photos without unlocking it. So right, um, yeah, maybe the Vision Pro can too. Imagine just like being a tourist. Hanging mm-hmm. that around your neck as you <laughs> three and a half thousand dollar headset as you wander around Venice. I mean, in the photos. realm of prices of cameras, people hang around their neck. That's not crazy. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Maybe not tourists though. <laughs> That's more pro photographer level. 
right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that that might make people feel more comfortable at actually using it versus, you know, having it strapped to their face during their kid's birthday party or something. Yeah. One other, was this in the keynote or did I read after, but using on an airplane. Mm-hmm. That sounds really appealing. Yeah, they definitely had people using it on airplane in the keynote. In in the keynote, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't imagine that then. Unlike the messages you were sending me in, the, <laughs> in my dreams. Yep. I, I, was, I was just yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Dream Me was just sandbagging it so you could be even more excited when it was actually announced. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, last time I flew solo, I think I contemplated taking the quest. Mm-hmm. But firstly, it's got a bat. I mean, it doesn't have to, but mine has a battery in like on the back of my head, so you can't really recline. Mm. Um, right. Which the Vision Pro doesn't have that problem, although it has other problems battery related, which we'll get to. Um. And secondly, it's not great for actually using for watching video because of the res of the screens, which the Vision Pro Vision Pro overcomes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, thirdly, you're not going to see when the drinks p- cart comes past, which, again, the Vision Pro is probably going to overcome that problem with a little uh, transparency dial if you're expecting a food service on an airplane. Well, well, not only that, even if you're fully like immersed, if a person walks up to you, they will fade into your view so that you can see them. Right, yeah. One of the reviewers um, noted that they were watching Avatar fully immersed, mm-hmm. pointed to something in the movie. The vision passed through their hand so they could see it. And then the genius helping them started talking to them and appeared in the video instantly <laughs> passed through. So, yeah, it really sounds like this is a fully working and reliable feature already in right. these early stages. Yeah, and it's exciting. <laughs> Pity I'm never going to own one. You got to be optimistic. You got to convince your work that this is the next computer you need. <laughs> yeah. Can I combine next year's budget with this one and, and then the year after that? Actually, not two years. <laughs> I mean, it's not even coming out in Australia until probably late next year. Right. And you, yeah, you, you guys are getting it early next year? Yeah. Yep, just early next year is all we this got, is so like, who knows? That could be any time. This is like the original iPhone again. Like, What is this US-centric approach? Yeah, I have no idea. I wonder if it's just because they have limited quantity or if there's like... You'd think they have plenty of time to do this, but maybe there's special like regulations for eye-mounted equipment. I don't know. Actually, funny you mentioned that. Because you know how they uh, brought up Zeiss as the partner for um, the mm-hmm. uh, the optical adjustments? Like, say, if you need glasses, well, you can't mm-hmm. wear glasses in the headset, so you need special um, magnetically attached lenses. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, Apple's not allowed to do that by themselves, which is why Zeiss is a partner. Like, you have to be an approved supplier of, of lenses to be really? used in optics. Oh. So, perhaps 
I mean, I mean, Zeiss is an international company, but mm. perhaps there is some hang up there with rolling it out to other countries. I mean, this is certainly a more expensive approach, but I think they almost had to go this way. Um, you know, a lot of headset manufacturers have solved the glasses problem just by giving you some space between your eyes and the and the actual screen, so that you can continue to wear glasses in VR. But with the amount of eye tracking they're doing, you know, glasses would throw that off. So they have to use like their own special custom designed lens solution for all of that to work together. It wouldn't just throw it off, but it would ruin the immersion because normally when you have glasses, you you end up with like a gap between your nose and uh, true, yeah, and the headset. Yeah, I was surprised that the headset itself was all aluminum and glass like that's gonna be very heavy and some of the early rumors were that you know it was still gonna be made of metal but they're gonna use titanium because it's lighter yeah so it comes in at just under a pound Mm -hmm. so without a battery it is lighter wait have i got this the right way around it's very close to the weight of the quest 2 and yet it doesn't have a battery so yeah, mm. the um, yeah, the glass and aluminium certainly add up. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the decision to take the battery off the headset uh, is a fair trade. The other option would have been they could have put it on the the back of the strap, which, like you said, would have made it uncomfortable to use. Uh, while sitting with a headrest or something. Uh, so I don't think this is the end of the world. No, yeah. A few concerns with the battery, though. I mean, the one it comes with seems pretty meager. Um, right. Up to two hours, so we're probably talking like maybe one hour of use, maybe it's, one and a half at a push. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to two me. hours. That with an external battery, they didn't just give you a big one. Like, there's there's no reason they mm. couldn't have made it bigger. What's the trade-off? I think it's just like sleekness. Right. And expectations. It doesn't look cool to have this honking battery in all your product shots. I guess. I, I, and... Maybe this is meant to be more of a stationary device because they explicitly said, like, you can use it plugged in. <laughs> in fact, I think the wording was, it has all-day battery life when it's plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, Apple. Uh-huh. Now, it looks like the way you plug it in is USB-C to the battery pack and then battery pack to the headset. Right. Because the connector on the headset is this little, like circular latch mm-hmm. with like a closed and an open position there's no USB-C on the headset and I don't mind that because I mean it seems like it should be easy enough to plug in USB-C when your eyes are blocked by something mm-hmm. but it's actually not it's <laughs> actually a struggle and even after owning the Quest for quite a while I struggle to plug in a charger if I'm already wearing the headset mm-hmm I mean, I think it makes makes sense from the lens of like it'll be charging the battery while you're using it. So if you do want to get up and walk around 
at some point you can unplug and your your battery will be charged and it's a little bit of an extension cable in and of itself so i just hope that there's either you can buy extra batteries or they do sell like a bigger battery pack that you could buy uh to to extend your cord free time you just know there's going to be a $400 vision pro plus battery uh if if there's not some it. some third party's going to make make a a battery you can use yeah the anchor 622 vr right exactly I mean, I guess the battery itself charges over USB-C, so you could plug in a battery pack into your battery pack, <laughs> make it like a daisy chain of batteries. <laughs> um, what else? It has an M2 chip inside, as well as an R1 mm-hmm. coprocessor for for reality or for uh, real time like sensor processing. Yeah, so that's supposed to reduce the lag down to, was it 10 milliseconds or something like that? Um, I don't remember seeing an actual number, but I, I do know that from, we'll the, with that. From, from the reviewers, the people that have actually gotten hands-on time with it, they said the uh, it's better than anything else they've used, at least the reviews I've, I've read so far. So I do wonder if that helps when it comes to a motion that you're doing in the headset that doesn't exist in real life. Just say walking, for instance, if you're sitting on a couch, but mm-hmm. your VR character is walking. Mm-hmm. Like how much of that is, how much of any sickness you feel there is lag induced and how much of it is just my body is not doing what my eyes are seeing. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know. Here's to try it. If if there even is a sense of being a VR character, I mean, you know, if it really is all just augmented reality stuff, then maybe there's not even an opportunity for that kind of uh, disorientation. Hmm. Yeah. Surely, though. Mm. Um. So the the actual strapping and padding is all modular, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw that all the. All like the all the demo videos was just a single strap around the back of your head, but all the demo units that the reviewers actually tried was a th- like a around the sides and over the top as well. Mm-hmm. So interesting about that difference. Yeah, they definitely highlighted. It seems like it should be light enough to have a single strap around the back with that massive mitt there. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely yeah. said it was modular uh, to accommodate for different, like head types. Um, and in the in the demos, on the few like glimpses inside the strap that we see, they all have an M marking inside of them. So maybe whatever strap we're seeing here is is their medium sized one, and there is uh, either different sizes or or like you said, different designs for different comfort fits yeah and it, uh the strap seems to have like an adjustment dial um mm-hmm. i guess behind or near the right ear mm-hmm. it looks very nice um speakers also by the ears it's a good place to have speakers i suppose <laughs> yeah uh for the most part um there's a little dual driver speakers 
uh, probably good enough. But I also saw in some of the the demos, people had AirPods in as well. So it seems like you can connect those and use them. Oh, yeah, undoubtedly. I mean, you wouldn't yeah. do anything else on a plane. Right, yeah. The open speakers definitely wouldn't be good enough. Uh, you can look at your Mac and just by looking at it, the, the screen will be pulled up into like a virtual 4K display that you can then use from the Vision Pro. Yeah. I wonder how... In the demos, like someone's got a desk in the middle of their room and like the screen is then, you know, there's enough space for them to, to look up and have this virtual screen in front of them. Mm-hmm. What about everyone who has their desk shoved against a wall? <laughs> Like there's no space in front of you unless you have a massive desk to um to have like this virtual screen that doesn't intrude on the wall. You got to go into like a fully immersed mode or at least partially immersed. Mm. So that you're mm-hmm. you're actually looking at screens floating, you know, in the middle of a forest. <laughs> on the flip side, it's going to be way more ergonomic to be looking up at those screens rather than hunching over a laptop right yeah for sure and of course the keyboard passes through in like 4k mm-hmm. so you yeah. can, don't need to be a touch typist uh, i'm not even sure that you could be if you wanted to be like you can connect your bluetooth keyboard or use your max keyboard and there is a virtual keyboard that comes up but the the i think it was MKBHD said that it's it's still 100% like you look you look at the key you want to type and you pinch your fingers to type it so it's not actually like typing in the air or maybe that is an option as well and he just didn't That's do it like a last resort <laughs> right yeah so yeah I'd be curious to see how that works um Bob Iger from Disney came on for a bit mm-hmm um he's a good speaker but uh the actual content he showed seemed to be a whole lot of um, renders, you know, stuff that's uh, fancy and flighty and not based in any real demonstrations of what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, there's there's concepts there that were interesting, but even in general, I wasn't sold on it. It's like you could watch the Mandalorian while while sitting in a spaceship in, on Tatooine. So, so it's just like you can change what your immersed environment looks like behind you, which is uh, cool, but kind of gimmicky. I think the live sports stuff they showed, where you could have like stats on the players up alongside the the game, or like a three D view of the court. Uh, assuming that there's some kind of very fancy camera arrangement, you know, where the sport is being played. Um, I think that could be cool. Um, Just multi screen sports, I think, would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely do that. I was happy they showed Formula One up there as well. As a big Formula One fan. Mm. Don't often get any of that in the um, American market. You could, they could just put a camera in the car and you feel like you're driving the car. Well, they do have cameras in the cars. So they could do that. Yeah, But it's not like... I mean, like Apple's like... 8K stereoscopic camera in the car so that you can actually get the effect. (laughs) I think it's too big. (laughs) They actually have cameras inside the driver's helmets. Oh, okay. Imagine that. That would be awesome. Yeah. 
I feel like that would be disorienting, though. You know, of all the VR games I've tried that involve motion, mm-hmm. sitting in a car and driving is not sickening in the slightest. Unless you're going in reverse for some reason. <laughs> it is very uh, uh, surprisingly like natural or intuitive feeling to, to drive in VR. If you've got the full driving setup, it feels very close to real mm. driving. Yep. Better than the third person views at least. Oh yeah. What else? I think we've got most of the things hit except for the price. <sighs> well, three and a half thousand dollars <laughs> in American money. Uh an eye watering price. I think it blew away even the highest estimates. Man, yeah. I mean, we were talking about like $1,500 parts costs and, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe Apple would even sell it as like a cost price device. (laughs) (laughs) What were we thinking? (laughs) Man. Yeah, even the high-end rumors of uh, $3,000. What what do you think that's going to be? That's going to be a $5,000 device in Australia? Yeah, plus tax. So probably more like five and a half. Yeah, yeah it's it's just unfortunately completely unjustifiable I, I think I to, mean to spend that money when you think about what it is I can I can almost get there it's like it's a full M2 laptop in terms of like processing power so if if you factor in the cost of a laptop plus uh, you know a uh, uh, VR headset on top of that or just big displays on top of that you get pretty close to that price, but you're not getting full Mac functionality yeah. if you just buy that device on its own. No, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, when when you say like a oh, computer plus screen mm-hmm. plus TV plus some speakers plus VI headset, yeah, you could easily eclipse three and a half grand. Mm-hmm. But you still need all that stuff, <laughs> except the VR headset. Actually, you still need the VR headset because everyone else has the Quest and you're not going to pl- do any multiplayer games between mm. these OSs, that's for sure. Right. So, it is truly just another expense. And Yeah. So, are you thinking yes or no? Uh, I think it's pretty likely. Nice. I've got a year to save up for it. I don't know. We'll see. If I was single and I had no family, I'd I'd be all in. (laughs) If I was a complete loner like you, David, I would definitely go. (laughs) That's not what I mean. (laughs) No. Yeah, it's... uh... Yeah, I, I guess... When you've got a household with more people in it too, you've got the limitation of it's like, yeah, this is a cool like giant screen, but only you can watch the movies you're watching on it. Um, mm, yeah, <laughs> it's movie night, kids. <laughs> Go and play out the back, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see when it gets closer. We get some more hands-on reviews and some more details from Apple. Mm. Who knows? Maybe there's some cool announcements about what developers have been doing for it. And it may even get delayed. Who knows? We get to early next year. Yeah. So we have, yeah, a long time to anticipate and read about and, 
question our sanity. Um, <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, Facebook or Meta announced the Quest 3, so <laughs> there's something we can do. Buy, buy the Quest 3 to hold me over until the <laughs> Vision Pro comes out. Yeah, I mean, have you seen it? You look like an arachnid with the Quest 3 <laughs> on your head. Uh-huh. It's night and day. It's not even out yet, Vision though, Pro. right? They just, like, did an early announcement no. to... No, no. Undercut yeah. Apple or whatever. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really need to, did they? It's almost a different product category. It, yeah, it's a completely different category. There's no competition there for sure. So that's that. That's WWDC. WWDC. I am James VDM on Reddit and Mastodon. And I'm Jellywoot on Reddit and D3Codes on Mastodon. And you can find the show notes at reddit.com slash r slash bluebubblepod. And they will be the last show notes you see there for quite a long time. Yeah, because Reddit's jerks and we're going to not deal with them anymore. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You can find our show notes in future on Mastodon? There's there's a decentralized... In the podcast? uh, It's called Lemmy. There's a decentralized, like, Mastodon-style message board. Anyway, it's called Lemmy. Yeah. It's the same kind of idea. Cool. But. Man. Yeah, of all years Man. to have, have not had Christian on, it's too bad that it ended up being this one, because besides being a big mm. event, he's had a lot of stuff he's been dealing with as well that would have been interesting to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I feel for him with that stunt that Reddit's pulling on him. Oof. What do they want? Twelve million dollars a month for him to keep pulling from the API? Uh, God. Uh, twenty million dollars a year. Okay. Which is still completely untenable. Um, yeah, insane. And uh, um, I guess he he did a really great interview with Quinn Nelson from Snazzy Labs. So I guess I'd recommend I've everyone s- go watch that. Yeah. I've got the open in a tab. Haven't watched it yet, though. Okay, yeah. He he does a is a really good interview. Um, and one thing that he mentions is, uh, you know, the the price is tough, but probably could have been overcome. Uh, you know, by increasing subscription prices on its own, uh, had Reddit given them more of a timeline. But this this new uh, price policy goes into effect next month. Mm. So. He's got, you know, t- every current subscriber who's locked into maybe a year term uh, is going to start costing him money and he's not going to make any money from them for a year. So he's actually be, wow. would be running in the negative to uh, uh, continue as is. That's just terrible, isn't it? Yeah. And after what they said, you know, I'm not going to screw anyone over with the pricing. What a joke. Mm. Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's it's pretty disappointing. Uh, I'm not sure that any real solution to this problem has been been found yet. I know there's been a lot of backlash on Reddit, lots of news coverage, lots of YouTubers have talked about it. Uh, lots of major subreddits are apparently like going to go private in the coming week um, as a form of protest. Uh, but uh, I don't know that Reddit's going to do anything about it. Mm, yeah well i hope something comes out of it at least yeah 
So at least he's not in the red for the rest of the year or the rest of the subscription terms. Right. Yeah, he's he's really stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? Because it's either he, he continues to honor that subscription and, and goes into the red by having to pay Reddit for it, or he cancels Apollo and has to pay everyone back <laughs> and, and goes in the red for like having to return. I, you know, I don't, don't know what a dollar mm. would be, but tens of thousands of dollars he has to pay back to all these subscribers. Yeah. So mm. it, uh, it's a rock and hard place for him at the moment. Well, well, this is it. This is our last one. I was one. feeling quite sad today, you know? Yeah. <laughs> thinking about not recording with you yeah you've, you've been actually you've, choked up a little bit <laughs> can you believe <laughs> been a constant in each other's lives for five and a half years i know every fortnight almost without a mace without a miss yeah with very few exception yeah yeah so well i uh yeah, it's like the entire life of all of my children. Right, yeah. We've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, so much has has changed in the last five and a half years. You went from, mm. Johannes was just born, now you've got three kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've moved a dozen times. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I've had a dozen phones. Uh-huh. And they've all gotten broken. Yep. Except for the one I've got now. Yep. Oh, what are you going to spend your Saturday mornings doing? I guess I have to spend time with my daughter now. <laughs> so, what about you? What are you going to do with your, what is this, Saturday evening? Sobbing under a blanket. oh man Mm. well no just um parenting i suppose well i know uh you know i think on our very first episode i said this and it's, it's still true now that uh you know the the real benefit of this podcast was just to have someone to to talk to about apple stuff and and whether or not anyone else ever tuned in and listened was was more of of just a an afterthought um <laughs> and i think that was a good mentality because no one tuned in <laughs> <laughs> oh that's not fair on the people who did tune in <laughs> yeah we've certainly got some long-time listeners yeah We've, we've got our handful of, of loyal listeners and definitely definitely appreciate people who've who've come along with us as well it's it's not just been you and me i guess this whole time no it hasn't so and i, I hope i filled the spot of someone to talk to about uh the apple because you certainly uh, outclass me in knowledge <laughs> and historic prowess and uh and uh even deep thoughts on the state of things and memory of uh, things past as well. That's for sure. <laughs> I, oh, I've, I've, I've really had a great time. This has been a lot of fun, and I hope uh, you know going forward. At the very least, we'll stay in touch. But you know, maybe someday we'll we'll put on our our headphones again and <laughs> say hi to everyone. 
Yeah. Well, sayonara to the listeners and to you for now. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. <laughs> and uh, we'll certainly keep in touch, I suppose, just not in a recorded fashion. Not not in the public sector anymore. Just private communication. No. Yeah. I'll start leaving you FaceTime voicemails. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> So, well, what a, what a testament to the to the uh, I don't know power of the internet. The fact that you could just reach out on Reddit and it, be, it became this conversation for for this long. Mm. Yep. So, what a cool opportunity! I'm glad I came across that thread. Yeah, like, what if you just hadn't gone on Reddit that day, or just five minutes later, it had already gotten buried? Yeah, or deleted by the mods. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Serendipity, is that the word? Call it fate. I don't know. C- call it fate. That sounds like a good movie quote. <laughs> Say it again and then I'll, I'll stop the edit at that point. Call it fate. <laughs>